What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, we got ourselves a hell of a golf tournament and a developing situation in college football, but put all that aside for a sec. We're going to get to it in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen of the United States of America and beyond, we would like to welcome you to Confirmation Bias Weekend 2018. We have made it uh, one of my favorite weekends out of the year. Uh, it is that time, Rich, where we get to gather around the fire, maybe make some popcorn, and tell you that these Sam Darnolds of the world are amazing because I told you so, but... If Baker Mayfield looks fantastic, well, I mean, he's just playing against the third string. So what did that really prove? You know, I I love I love preseason because you can look so smart and so dumb uh, within the matter of just hours because so many games are played all at once. The NFL barely cares about the TV money. They understand the product out there right now. This is meaningless football. They're opening up the gates. They're selling concessions. That's the consideration right now. And all the while, they're owning the news cycle. And so that's the reason why I have preseason football. But for all of us out here who are diehard NFL football watching Jessies, we're all getting our pen and paper down. We're writing out premonitions. And we are crossing the ones off as they get squashed. Like, for example, I'll give you a, I'll give you a real... Uh, you know, and you know this. I'll give you a real prediction that I made this week prior to watching a single preseason game. Mm-hmm. I said the Washington Redskins look like a ten-win football to me. I believe in that quarterback. 
I believe in that running back. I think he's better than he was drafted. I think he fell down the boards because of some issues at the combine. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a real shot of getting that. They got probably close to a top five defense. All of a sudden, Darius Geis blows out his ACL. The world changes in an instant. So, yeah, this is a time where everybody either confirms their bias, makes their predictions, and then pounds their chest or just goes, yeah, but these games don't right. mean anything yet. I have seen the same person, the same people, tell you this morning, hey, man, Darnold, that's a superstar. He's got to start week one. The same person said that the day before was like, yeah, well, Mayfield's playing against nobody's. Right, right. Oh, Twos no, and threes. No. Taylor got the start. Sorry, like it doesn't work that way. Live Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, Rich, you know this about me. I think that the preseason, I should pretty much just wrap up and go away. Um, And and I know a lot of people get uh, frustrated by the preseason for multiple reasons. There's too many injuries to guys we really want to see play real football. And we also look at fans uh, maybe uh, being stuck into an unfair spot. You're a season ticket holder. You're forced to buy these preseason games. You don't want to see uh, the the guys you know and have heard of are not going to play in these games. All right, so I think there are adjustments that we can make. The preseason can't totally go away. It does serve some sort of purpose. How can we adjust it? We have some ideas. We'll get to that in a second. But even if that's my opinion, I'm no fan of preseason football. I will say this. You can take something from it. I am not one of these guys that looks at the preseason and watches what he sees on TV and goes, eh, I can't take anything from this. The coaches are doing it. They're putting milk toast plays out there, and uh, it's against the twos and the threes and the fours, and why would I put any stock into this? It's a very simple answer to me. If it were that easy to look amazing in the preseason, then everybody would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are even certain starting quarterbacks and certain defensive stars who have bad games in the preseason. Yeah, I'm talking about guys who are 10-sack defensive ends. I'm talking about quarterbacks who've won MVPs. They can trot out there and have a tough series or two, sit on the bench for the rest of the game while the twos and threes and fours get their opportunities, and nobody is getting their feathers all ruffled about it because they have a resume in the NFL to fall back on. But, like you said... You can have a tough time in the pre. Anybody. This is real football. I mean, look, when ones are playing against ones, that's that's pretty real. When twos are playing against twos, okay, it's getting a little bit watered down, but the point you're making is an excellent one. If you look at preseason, the whole gamut, and you look at one player and you say, yeah, overall, he wowed everybody. There's maybe a handful of guys you could actually say that about on the other side of four games And those that do typically end up having pretty good rookie campaigns, pretty good careers. Right. Well, look, the national debate raged two years ago over whether or not you can take anything from the preseason. Tony Romo got hurt. Yep. And Dak Prescott came out here to Los Angeles to play in the first game that was NFL back to L.A. preseason, the Rams hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak put on a show. Certainly did. He put on a show. And all of a sudden, because the Cowboys were looking for a quarterback, you had Cowboy Nation go, hey, I think we we found it. I think we found our guy. (laughs) And then because the pendulum swings one way, we all got to swing it back. Hey, relax, dork. 
it's just preseason. You can't take anything from it. And even last night, last night, I'm with a group of very good friends, families, uh, kids flopping around in the pool, good food. We're sitting around. There might have been some cocktails. And I, I brought this exact example up. Yeah. I said, I was on the side of Dak Prescott. Like, that's something. I'm not telling you he's a superstar, but when I saw that in the preseason, I go, all oh, the other quarterbacks aren't doing that. Yeah, it was so, compelling evidence. Yeah, so, so I'm a fan of Dak. And one of the guys responded, and he goes, well, we still don't know exactly what Dak is. I mean, the jury is still out. And I went, well, wait, but but the court case has changed. Sure, the jury's out on whether or not Dak Prescott's a star. The jury's out on whether or not he's a perennial pro bowler. The jury is not out anymore as to whether or not Dak Prescott is a competent NFL quarterback. Jury is in. Decision made. <laughs> Dak has been found guilty of being at least pretty good. He can be a competent, dependable quarterback. I mean, just from the preseason, am I going to anoint somebody? Absolutely not. Because the regular season, not only does the play elevate. In fact, when I was playing for Belichick in New England, one of the things he used to say, preseason, listen, guys, I mean, <laughs> it's not your fault, but rookies, guys who are in here for the first time, you have no idea what the regular season looks like, okay? And when we got to the regular season, he was right. Yeah, because the regular right. season, everything gets bumped up. The tone, the attitude, the aggression. And then I remember around November, he had a very similar statement made. He said, look, everybody out there, and look, most of you know this, but guys doing this for the first time. Real football is played after Thanksgiving, okay? <laughs> and sure enough, we went out there after Thanksgiving and guys were flying around like their hair was on fire. Right. We had another conversation like that at playoff Going time. Going to the playoffs. This sure. is, you know, it, this is the NFL. <laughs> so am I going to anoint somebody in the preseason? No. Absolutely not. But can I look at a preseason in a vacuum and, and evaluate competency at the professional level 100 percent okay so with that said sam darnold baker mayfield okay okay like you got my attention sure you know what it's funny um very often when it comes to quarterbacking and the assessment of guys coming out in the draft mistakes are made everywhere there it, it's somewhat of a crapshoot it, it's not an exact science you made this point yesterday when we were talking in San Diego, and I thought Darnold then played and fit right into a point you made before he even played, which is we've now seen four first-round quarterbacks. We'll see Rosen tonight. Yep. But we've seen four first-round quarterbacks, and they pretty much look, talent-wise, like the order that they were selected was correct. Right. I was saying it yesterday. I was saying if you really looked at Mayfield, Allen, and Jackson, you got to see Jackson twice now, it looks like they, uh, you know, Mayfield's far ahead of Allen and Allen's far ahead of Jackson, and that's about how far apart they got picked in the first round. Darnold, right there with Mayfield. He fit right in next to Mayfield. But I'll say this. But? Mayfield's got the edge, doesn't really? he? Does it like well, I? I look at. I don't. Th that was such a fine line that I don't know if I've seen enough to put one way ahead of the other. I was like, I'm not way you, ahead. You, you both look. You both passed test one with an A. I'm probably confirming a bias here because okay. I really do like Mayfield. I, I mean, more and more. I was one of these guys, and I, I, I will admit when I'm wrong. I was one of these guys going, beware 
of a top 10 pick with Baker Mayfield next to it. Beware. I just don't I don't believe a lot of this hype. I don't know what kind of guy you're going to get. I don't know how he's going to look in a professional pair of shoulder pads. And I can tell you right now, after game one, that's a guy who passes the competency test. He's going to be an NFL quarterback. I, I don't know for how long or for who and to how what level, but he is going to be an NFL quarterback at very least. And that's great when you trot a guy out on the field for the first time and he is your first overall pick. Darnold, I looked at him and I said, Wow, you know, that is a quarterback, too. That's, that's another NFL quarterback. Does he have all the little secret sauce and nuance that, that Mayfield has? Maybe not, but I will say this. Darnold also missed some time with an abbreviated holdout. So did it affect him? We'll see. And then Allen and Jackson, as mentioned, are behind them. I'd love to see what Rosen looks like, but what I know I'm not going to do, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, right, uh, it's just the preseason for certain guys, and then pound my chest on things that I feel like I guessed right on the other side of the coin because that's not what this is about. This is a simple evaluation pro uh, process. Are you a pro or not yet? Right, so prediction on a ridiculous point that someone will make on this network tomorrow, and it won't be me, uh, but somebody on this network and others will make this point. I will predict that Josh Rosen follows suit with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold tonight, and someone tomorrow will be like, Bosa wasn't even playing. So what does that mean? It, it, it means the exact same thing that it meant for Dak and Baker and Sam. Yeah, I think Josh Rosen is going to be a competent quarterback. Now, uh, maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong on that. It is confirmation bias month right. uh, in, in 2018. But if he plays well... I don't want to hear, yeah, but the Chargers sat all their guys. doesn't matter. If he plays well, to me, that means something. It means, it means something. What does it mean? We will not know. But I will say this. It's an evaluation tool to find out who's a pro and who's caught up in just two or three weeks of training camp and who needs more time to incubate. This is uh, sort of uh, you know straight off the leash, dog-eat-dog -dog world in the NFL and you will get exposed if you're not ready. So, so at very least, we know if there's competency. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat writer, Cleveland.com, 15 minutes away, a developing situation, large college football, that and this. By the way, preseason football last night, this is not the quarterback position. I think we found another star, and, and, and you didn't see him coming. We'll reveal that next. Fox Sports Radio. Mary Kay Cabot in 10 minutes. Mark and Rich, brought to you by Granger. Products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're killing me. Why? That tease. Like, so, uh -huh. a lot of people uh, sitting in their cars, obviously, before the break. You hit us with, it isn't a quarterback. Somebody stood out and is going to be a future star. And then we go to break. Naturally, you think as co-hosts, you'll spill the beans. Like I'll get to, huh. I'll get to hear who this, you know, this yuckety yuck is. And no, you go. Nope. Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. And then I went and got some water. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, so I, yeah, I, I, I can't wait any longer. Who is it? All right. So can't wait. This is a position where this can really happen. Because it is a, 
I don't want to call it simplistic. It, it makes it sound like I'm not respecting the difficulty of it. The NFL, professional sports, they're hard at, 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 at any <laughs> position. So let's just get that out of the way. But what I mean is it's an A to B position. How many times have we seen a rookie at the running back position come in and just immediately have a massive impact on the league? It doesn't take long. You don't need to go through it's wide receiver, there's a process. Offensive line, there's a process. Quarterback, there's a massive process. Right. Running back, here's the ball. Find the hole. Go. Receiver. Very similar in that aspect where you can out jump, you can out catch, you can make a couple people miss after you catch the ball and secure it. Yeah, I mean, like that's how these stars were born where nobody was looking. Wes Welker, Danny Woodhead, uh, uh, name name them. They're, they're, they're well, Julian Edelman, four, seventh rounder out of Kent State. And look how many running backs last year who were rookies. Who, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Kareem, yep. Dalvin Cook. Even if it was a guy that you were like, oh, we thought they might be good. I mean, they just have a massive impact on the league right away. So I saw a guy, and I'm like, okay. And it's a team that has not had somebody at this position since Barry Sanders. Watch Carrion Johnson for the Detroit Lions. Now, this is a team that has brought in a lot at the running back position and has a lot of holdover at the running back position. Amir Abdullah is still there. Yep. Theo Riddick is still there. Correct. LeGarrette Blunt was signed. However, I think at this point in his career, that's kind of a, a, a pick-your-spot guy. You know, third and goal at the one-yard line. Uh, let's bring in LeGarrette Blunt. That's not going to be a guy that's the lead dog, I don't think, out of a backfield. Carrion Johnson got selected in the second round. In fact, he wasn't even the first running back selected from Auburn. However, he was very good in college. He can do a lot. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. And the Lions seemed intrigued because they gave him the ball out of the backfield seven times. He responded with 34 yards. That's almost five yards a carry. Yep. They also threw the ball to him five times. He caught four of them for another 33 yards. And, oh, by the way, he had another 57-yard run that got called back because of a hold. I thought he stood out. I've seen guys do this at this position before in the preseason where it's like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, in the mix, whatever. He's fighting for a roster spot, and they just pop in the preseason. I think Alfred Morris did this about seven or eight years ago. By the time you get to week one, you're like, okay, that's our guy. I'm calling that right now. Detroit Lions, carry on Johnson out of Auburn. A lot of people uh... – Look, running back is one of these positions. And again, not to underrate or undervalue what it means to be a professional, but a lot of people get all caught up in the Saquon Barkleys and the Sony Michels and even the Geises, you know, guys who had a lot, a lot of pub coming out of college and heading to the league. Just watch. Give us three years. Give us five years. Two things that are exceedingly important at running back position is feel at this level. Those windows get tighter. Yep. Pressing the line of scrimmage and making a cutback, uh, making people miss. And then the second thing is durability. When it comes down to it, it's who survives the attrition battle and then also who immediately grasps this idea of, 
Oh, right. No, everybody is an all-star from college. Everybody is 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 the all-American who I faced at, at Alabama. Every week is Alabama. So for Kerryon Johnson playing at Auburn, guess what? He had some experience one week a year every year, and now he's going to be able to put it on display week after week. Should this continue? Yeah, that's a guy you got to keep an eye on because, like you said, that hold, that's not his fault. That's an offensive lineman's fault or a tight end, whoever was called for it. Well, and I also wonder this. Like, when when we're watching these preseason games, what can we take just from the fact that someone got a lot of touches? Does that mean that a coaching staff wants to know, are you even going to make the team? Or does that happen within the framework of the game where you're like, ooh, that looked good. Now let's see if he can do this. And so they kept feeding the ball. He had double-digit touches in a preseason game with a backfield with five guys. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's scaffolding. The way it was explained to me by a coach one time, I said, like, how did what what dictates, you know, who's getting the most looks and things like that, especially in meetings? He goes, we watch football like all of you watch football. He goes, when a guy all of a sudden stands out, you say, oh, wow. So clearly, whatever we've been giving him as far as – his aptitude is concerned, or our perceive uh, our perception of his aptitude. Let's increase that workload. Let's see how much more he can understand. Let's see how much more. So, if you have a limited route tree for the third stringers, and a wide receiver is absolutely crushing people on these routes, these are maybe he's only running four, five at practice because you're working him out of only the slot. Okay, well, let's see if he can play outside at all. Let's see if he could line up in the backfield and motion out and. Let's see how he can grasp our formation changes. Let's see how much more we can put on this rookie's plate to get a full picture of where his ceiling is prior to this season and then just keep pushing those borders. You know, I'm, a, I'm not a new parent, but I have a three-year-old and I have a newborn. And it's very similar. You ever notice when you have kids, and people who have kids understand this, they, they typically are capable of more than you're aware. Sure. And then all of a sudden you hand him something and you're like, oh, my God, I got the iPad unlocked and he's already on to sites he shouldn't be. Okay, okay. You know, and you reel it well, back. Especially when you're the parent because every parent always thinks their kid is like the next Mozart. You're, well, you're <laughs> just like, did you see that? He did his whole alphabet. You're like, yeah, he's 13 years old. But, <laughs> like, you know, every parent loves their kid. That's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's a great thing. But that's what that's what preseason football is. You have a bunch of newborns. This is infantile. The things that I remember learning when I was a rookie, I was like, oh, my God, how do people do this for a living? Right. And then by my third year, I'm like – Oh, isn't that cute? Look at these, <laughs> look at these little guys. Yeah, they're really struggling. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. And that's exactly how coaches look at them. They go, okay, he's he's got his letters. Now let's see if he can build words. Oh, wow, look, he can build words. Let's see if he can make a sentence. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, the cream rises to the top. The guys with the fastest, best aptitude are the ones who all of a sudden it's like a Kareem Hunt, like you mentioned, and Alvin Kamara, uh, 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 you know, a Dalvin Cook whose season was abbreviated with an ACL, but you saw lightning there, and it's because they had a higher bar and they were continued to be tested throughout the preseason and then in the early goings of the fall. You're welcome, fantasy players. Carry on, Johnson. Late, okay? Uh, Mark and Rich, Mary Kay Cabot in two minutes. Coming up in 15 minutes, the latest on brand new developments with Ohio State. Um, And also this, and and we can welcome uh, David Gascon into this conversation. Guys, 
Uh, what do Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Francesco Molinari, Charles Schwartzel, and Dustin Johnson all have in common? They all have smaller arms than Mark Willard. No, that's oh. not true. You guys been hitting the gym, though. They yep. do have smaller arms than Rich Ornberger, well. and they also all sit within five shots of the lead at the PGA Championship. Oh, let's just be excited right now. Yeah! <laughs> very, very good, Dave! All right, so, Mark, let me ask you this. All right. What happens, hypothetically speaking, if you had five players with a share of the lead and then, like, five other golfers tied for second place? What do you What do you mean? Well, Sunday. Like, how would that work out with pairings for Sunday? Well, so the way a pairing works is it it has to do with who is the first to post that score the day before. Right. Right. So yep. that's that's how they order it. So, um, you know, whoever the first is to post that lead score is going to play with whoever the second one is to play with that lead score, and then so on and so forth. Did that make sense? It does. Okay. And then one guy's playing by himself. Right. No, no, he plays with the first wow, guy that's, 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 to uh, post the second right. second score, right? Right? Okay. Jeez, Rich. Yeah. That's right. That was, yeah. Fair enough. Listen, math was, isn't a strong suit. Okay. Never has been, guys. <laughs> guys, uh, that's the only thing going on today, so let me introduce you Eldrick. Tiger's last look. Oh, takes the putter go. back. Catches the edge, and down it goes. Three in a row for Tiger Woods. He's eight under par, headed to nine. Yeah, he's he's doing good. He is, but watch the final couple holes for Tiger. Oh, here we go. Well, no, listen, listen. What has defined him in all of these events this year in That's which right. he has contended is how does he finish? Yeah, the he last did. couple holes. What people won't know is that early this morning when he went out to finish up his second round after the weather delay yesterday, yeah. he was in great shape, and then he bogeyed the last two holes. He's now got it back on fire, but he's three back. If he had finished strong this morning, gosh, he might be in the lead right now. That's true. That is certainly true. And yeah. as you mentioned, right now, Tiger Woods is at minus eight, three strokes behind Brooks Kepka, who has the lead outright. He's at minus 11. Gary Woolard, who came into the day as the leader, is at minus 10. Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Kistner, all at nine under par. Uh, gentlemen, today is fun, brought to you by Arlen Car shopping can be confusing at times. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now there is other sports going on today. There are. I, there is a little bit of an athletic competition. Yankees in front of the Rangers right now. Uh, Red Sox beating the Orioles in game one of a doubleheader. It was five to nothing. David Price picked up the W today. He improves his record to twelve and six on the season. Meanwhile, Nationals underway in Chicago on FS1, by the way. Nationals lead the Cubbies 2-0. NCAA, college athletics, whatever you want to call it, a business for some and not so much for student-athletes. But, gentlemen, multiple officials at the University of Maryland's athletic staff, they have been suspended pending review following some allegations of a toxic environment leading to the death of former football player Jordan McNair. He passed away earlier this year at 19 years of age. He was hospitalized during a workout or after a workout, later died at the hospital. He was 325 pounds. He was doing wind sprints in 80-degree weather, going 110 yards back and forth. So, obviously, something going on there at the University of Maryland. And, of course, you guys will talk about 
everything else that's going on at the Ohio State University. That's right. More to yeah. come on all that. No doubt. Dave, thanks. Yeah, lots of signs of heat stroke for that player at Maryland and then later died, and so there's a massive investigation. Also, don't forget, lots in the NFL front tonight. The Case Keenum Bowl will be played. Uh, Vikings at Broncos, uh, Chargers at Cardinals. Josh Rosen will be the lead story there. Uh, but let's talk about one of the other rookie signal callers. That's Baker Mayfield as we welcome in Mary Kay Cabot uh, on the Browns for Cleveland.com. Follow her on Twitter at Mary Kay Cabot. Mary, great to have you here on Fox Sports Radio. What was your assessment of Baker Mayfield's first performance? You know, I thought he did a really nice job. There were so many things that he did uh, that I think will probably translate well over to uh, a real game situation, just in terms of how fast the ball comes out, how accurate he is, which I think is probably the number one thing that strikes me right now is the ball placement. So uh, there were so many things that he did that I thought should give Browns fans hope for the future. You know, I look at that quarterback room and I see a lot of support. Tyrod Taylor, Drew Stanton, very undervalued guy in that room. I think he's seen a lot of football and he's really helpful with the quarterbacks around him. Has Baker spoken about that room and the veteran presences that have been kind of aiding his development? Yes, but that has had a lot to do with his development. The fact that, that he's got a Drew Stanton that can just kind of focus on Baker and what he needs to do uh, as a rookie quarterback, just all the things, you know, the time that he needs to get there and, uh, you know, just how he needs to conduct himself in interviews and just everything that you need to learn when you're a rookie. So that's the role that Drew is playing, and that's been really good. And then, you know, you've got Tyrod. It's a good quarterback room overall. Tyrod's been really good to Baker, and they're all helping each other out, and it's just a good environment, really. Mary, uh, Hard Knocks had some really interesting moments there in the week one episode, and now that it came out and the rest of the world had a chance to consume it, uh, how did that affect the uh, the actual Browns team in any sort of a way? I don't think it did. I mean, a lot of those guys said they weren't even going to watch it. I asked Baker and Tyrod that every day uh, when it was going to be on. They were, they were both like, uh, no, we're not watching it. We're going to be in bed at that hour. So, uh I don't think really it has too much. I mean, there, some things came out of it. Jarvis Landry's speech obviously was a highlight, and then some of the stuff that that happened in the coaches' staff meeting between Hugh and Todd Haley seemed to get a lot of attention. But for the most part, I think it's just business as usual. You know, Haley walking in from Pittsburgh, obviously a division rival, commands respect with what he was able to do with Ben Roethlisberger. I believe it was four years he spent with Pittsburgh. Uh, you have to assume that they're hoping for that to have the same effect on Baker Mayfield as they develop him. Hugh Jackson's starting to look over his shoulder here. Is is that the reason there was that dust up on camera? No, not at all. That has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh, I I really believe that John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson are working in lockstep. Jimmy and Dee Hansen believe wholeheartedly in Hugh Jackson that, that he deserves a chance uh, to have a go at this with, with better talent and with better quarterbacks. And, no, I, I don't think that's it at all. Mary, what's going on with Josh Gordon? Good question. He's down um, in Gainesville right now. He's receiving treatment for, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he's undergoing some kind of counseling. Uh, he's also working out, and he'll be ready to go. And they seem to think he's coming back sometime soon, but the league doesn't want there to be any pressure on him. So I think everybody's just trying to kind of lay low and not put a time frame on it right now. You know, Mary, I I think everyone wants to believe that, but then you look at the Browns' behavior 
uh, with flirting with Des Bryant and, and, and the receiver position as a whole. They've already got Landry. This kid, Antonio Callaway, is is very interesting. If Josh Gordon's coming back, why are the Browns looking for more receivers? Well, because they really just don't know is the truth of the matter. And the other thing is, now they have to deal with Antonio Callaway, who just had a little bit of a brush with the law. Sure. And so they just have to back themselves up just in case. I mean, they just don't know what's going to happen right now. Um, you know, hopefully Josh will come back. Antonio Callaway will stick around and won't have any other incidents. Uh, but they want to make sure that they are good to go. And I don't know. I think there is part of me uh, in regards to, to Des Bryant that thinks that, um, you know, that may, maybe they're just not too sure when Josh is going to be back right now. I'm a believer in John Dorsey as a general manager. He came to Kansas City and turned a pitiful Chiefs ter- uh, team around to an 11-win football team. I started talking about them being a dark horse playoff team for this upcoming season. I get crazy looks. There's a lot of people who look at two seasons, one and 31 record, and say that's an impossibility. Are you getting that vibe around the Browns? Do they believe that they could be a contender this season? Yeah, they believe they can be a really good team. And the thing about the Browns right now, you've got a lot of players on the team that weren't part of one and 31. They don't have that losing stench all over them. They, uh, you know, they, they believe in winning. They've been to pro bowls. They have been around success. So, you know, there's plenty of guys here that have, uh, they know what it feels like to win. And they're, they're not carrying that stigma with them at all. And I think that's been part of the method to the bandit is bring a lot of new guys in here that were not part of that and that won't carry that over into this year. Mary Kay Cabot joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Mary, real quick, if you had to guess, like just based on everything you know, how many games Baker Mayfield would start this year, assuming health for everybody involved, what would you guess? I'd say probably somewhere around six, maybe seven, depending on how things go. Uh, I think that, you know, if it gets to the point where they're out of the playoff hunt, uh, I think that they would probably turn it over to him because they need to get him right for next year. Tyrod's not the future of this franchise. Baker Mayfield is the future of this franchise. So I think that they'll want to get him all the experience they can this year and let Tyrod take it as far as he can. Mary, great stuff. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com on Fox Sports Radio. Mark and Rich, and we're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up next, we're going to stay in the state of Ohio because the strange and the confusing just got more confusing. That's next. So I'm suddenly hearing the name Reuben Foster a lot. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm one of the guys who wrote you an email. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mentioned well, sure. him by name. Um, and, and it's totally fair. The thought being, hey, uh, when somebody's accused of something, and specifically in this particular case of domestic violence, uh, maybe maybe wait until you uh, you paint your conclusion because around the corner somebody could stand up in front of a court of law and be like, so I made the whole thing up, just wanted to let you know. Right. Which is what happened with Reuben Foster. Now, I feel good that I don't feel like I personally need to walk back anything I said about the Urban Meyer situation. If you are just kind of, you know, popping up and about for the weekend and and uh, tuning in to, to what's happening in, in our world and in the sports world right now for the first time, 
There's a very <laughs> strange, we no one could have seen this coming type development in the story. But there's a report by a guy named Jeff Snook. I, I don't. I'm. I've not been familiar until this week of of Jeff Snook. Never heard of. Him. But he. Well, no, that doesn't. You know, I mean, doesn't matter whether we're familiar with him or not. He. He's the guy that yesterday, with regard to the Ohio State <clears throat> situation, reported that Zach Smith and Courtney Smith, excuse me, had some sort of a uh, you know a, a, a chat with with her parents, Courtney Smith's parents and Zach Smith's parents, and they're both backing Zach Smith. Well, basically, what what I've ascertained from the reading of the entire Facebook article that Jeff Snook posted, and just to give you a little background on Snook, he wrote a book, uh, you know, nonfiction about Ohio State. Uh, He had Urban Meyer write the forward. This is a guy who it seems, at very least for that book's uh, uh, time period, has has dedicated some of his life to uh, biographing uh, the 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 Buckeyes. Okay, so I'm not saying he's he's unbiased or biased. That's not my point. I'm just giving you the background here. Sure. But uh, he's basically saying through his sourced conversations that both parents on the side of Courtney and Zach have corroborated Zach Smith's claims that. Anytime that there was any domestic altercation, it was simply him trying to relieve himself of the situation and occasionally having to do that by physically moving her out of the way. Okay. And then that that creates the opportunity for her to take pictures of red marks on her arms. This is all from Jeff Snook's Facebook post where he outlined these conversations he had with Courtney Smith's parents and Zach Smith's parents. So that got a lot of people in that direction of, oh, see, we don't actually know what happened. And I keep reminding everyone, Zach Smith has already been fired. What we're really talking about now is not any longer Zach Smith. It's Urban Meyer. Yeah. And and what should happen there? Nobody ever accused Urban Meyer of domestic violence. But now this has taken another unforeseen turn. This same gentleman, Jeff Snook, now reports, I have confirmed that the tipster... For Brett McMurphy, who first broke this story, is none other than the head coach at Texas, Tom Herman. Okay. He will tell a story that this actually got started because there was a recruit that was going to go to Texas, and then he switched, and he went to Ohio State, and Tom Herman decided, well, I know how I can take Ohio State down. I'm going to call Brett McMurphy and tell him (laughs) about this whole thing that's going on. Quite frankly, a little hard for me to buy, but who knows exactly what we got going on here. Now, what do you got on this? Yeah, so this is Snook's voice, uh, and I'm taking just an excerpt here from a Facebook post where he followed up and explained this. He said, Tom and and his wife, Michelle Herman, encouraged Courtney Smith to go public with her claims that ex-husband had physically abused her. Uh, The sources say they wanted Zach Smith fired. They had some dirt on him. They wanted him off Ohio State staff. And then the Hermans, by the way, uh, helped pay for Courtney Smith's legal fees. Uh, Two of Snook's sources told them that. And then it goes on to say Herman was furious over the five-star receiver Garrett Wilson, who was committed to Ohio State in April over Texas. And that's the reason why uh, both Tom Herman, the head coach of Texas, uh, and Michelle Herman would be 
engaged in all of this. Incredibly hard for me to believe. Let me just throw that out real quick. If you coach at a high-level program, a Texas and Ohio State, a Florida, a USC and LSU and Alabama, you have losses like this every single year, many of them, because you're going after all of the big guys. Some of them are going to go your way. Most of them are not. We will add that this has already gotten to Tom Herman. He denies it. And Brett McMurphy denies that Tom Herman has been his source. Here's Brett McMurphy's Twitter post on that. For those who have asked my response to Jeff Snook's claim Saturday, I have never revealed my sources in nearly four decades of journalistic career. I am not going to start now. However, I will say unequivocally that Tom Herman was not my source. Okay, I believe Brett McMurphy in that response because all he would have to say if Tom Herman was a source is I'm not revealing my sources. I believe Brett doesn't really matter who we believe. This story continues to be fluid. But I want to back up. While everybody is going to now start getting confused. Oh, we got Snook. We got Herman. We got McMurphy. We got Courtney Smith. We got Courtney's parents. We got Zach Smith's parents. We got. We now have a cast. We have a television show. We do. Guess who no one's talking about? Urban Meyer. And what I said last week, and you did too, we said, look, let's focus on what we do know, not what we don't know, because there's plenty we don't know, and I think we'll get there to when we do know. Yeah, I think. Uh, who told who what and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what we know. What we know is that Urban Meyer lied at Big Ten Media Day, therefore participating in, on some level, a cover-up of this. And we do know that Urban Meyer gave Zach Smith multiple chances through multiple domestic violence accusations and even one arrest. And I'll also remind everyone that Brett McMurphy has a text message from Zach Smith where he openly certainly seems to admit to strangling his wife. This is what we know that's fact. I think a lot of this is going to serve as nothing but distraction to those facts. Look, I, you know, Urban Meyer is only guilty of lying at Big Ten Media Day. I, I Because the truth is that's that's the only time, as far as we know for certain at this point, of something that he did that, that really flies in the face of either morality or logic or potentially the bylaws of the NC2A. If, if he was aware of domestic violence happening on his staff, he does have a contractual obligation to report it, and if he didn't effectively do that, he's going to be culpable. That's, that's a problem, And too. at yes. very least, we know, we know that he lied about it in front of the media. <laughs> what that says for his future, we don't know, but we know he lied. Exactly. And that's all we know right now. I, this whole thing, um, God. Good luck to whoever's yeah. investigating this and is like, by the way, we're going to be done in a week. Are you? Because new weird stuff keeps coming out. I'm not sure how it affects it. Um, okay, coming up next hour, Manish Mehta on the Jets for the New York Daily News. Bill Plaschke will join us as well. But coming up next, you got a crazy prediction, and I got a crazy prediction. Which one's crazier? Oh, well, your participation is about to be very welcome at 877-99 on Fox with two very simple questions, and you're going to have to pick one. We're live 
in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. In 15 minutes, Manish Mehta, New York Daily News, covers the Jets. Sam Darnold looked great. Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times. Chargers will play tonight. The Rams played nobody. LeBron looming. Uh, he'll join us later on this hour. Um, but here are two very simple, ridiculous predictions. You got one, and I got one. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. You tell us which one is crazier than the other. And when we say predictions, you know, it's funny because I think sports fans, guys, sports media, whatever, you're not allowed to like tiptoe into a prediction. The world makes you like own it as if you just confidently are like, no, this is what's going to happen. I don't know that either of us are saying that here, but there's a reason we did come to these conclusions. I'll give you mine first. I do believe that there is going to be some sort of fallout with the New England Patriots this year based on the experience we've all had over the last 12 months. Belichick wanted Garoppolo. He might have wanted to trade Gronk. You've confirmed the tension that has been there between Belichick, Brady. Add in some roster departures for sure, and then situations like the suspension for Julian Edelman I just don't think the roster is all that great. It's still Belichick. It's still Brady. They're still going to be good, but I find them vulnerable. And so my prediction that I unveiled this week, mind you, the last time Ryan Tannehill played a full season, the Dolphins went to the playoffs. <laughs> I got the Dolphins winning the AFC East this year. Okay. I want I want everybody to just slow their horses and – Whatever you the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East. Is that what you just said? It is. Okay. It is. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not sitting here going, the Patriots are going to stink and miss the day. I think they're vulnerable. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. I'll take somebody else to win the division this year. All right. Uh, okay. It's happen sometime. No, I know. It feels like I've just been served a heaping scoop of crazy pills sitting next to you, so may, I may as well join. Um, here, uh, Here's mine. And I've been receiving just as many eyebrow raises for this one, but I feel secure in this. I, I believe over the, the time span it's been – this is a franchise that's just been waiting for the right manager or management staff, the right mix of coaches, the right mix of players, and I think they finally have it. You've seen turnarounds like this before in the past, but I got the Browns in the playoffs this season. So, uh, who's who's is crazy? Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so the, the team that's won a game – in the last two years, oh boy. they've won one game. And the only game they won, as Nick adjusts his Chargers hat, the only game they won came a season and a half ago when the Chargers did what they do better than any team in the history of football, which is miss a field goal at the buzzer. Yeah, it was go Chargers. Go. So only <laughs> that one blocked field goal. Two seasons ago, it's the only reason the Browns have won a game 
in the last two years, and you believe this year that they'll go to the playoffs. Tell you what, a lot of near misses over those thirty-two oh, games. Yeah. Lots of near misses, and that that wasn't a very that wasn't. Look, here's the thing, and this is, I think, um, I think apparent. It is really difficult to go undefeated in the NFL. It's really difficult to go completely defeated in the NFL. Like you have to try very hard to stink or be extremely great to do either. And so I think the Browns were a better team than a zero-win football team last season. They just were. Okay. You know, I, and I honestly don't think that the undefeated New England Patriots were quite as great of a team as they were that everybody was heralding them to be the season they went undefeated. So you, 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 there, you, there's luck involved here. There's injury. There's moments that occur that swing your way or maybe not. I'm not going to explain away the past. I'm really more looking forward to the future. This is a real football team now. They've got a real general manager, a really, really good one. They've got a real coach. Not a lot of people want to give Hugh Jackson credit, but there's a reason why ownership and management are sticking with the guy who's won one game over the past 32, and they've got a real offensive coordinator who's worked in the division at a division rival who's going to bring trade secrets over with him and Todd Haley. I think this team is right there, and it looks like they have two competent, at very least, quarterbacks in that room. Right. And if you have a quarterback, you can win a lot of games. Competent running backs. They signed Carlos Hyde. They draft Nick Chubb. Duke Johnson is still there. We know about the receiving core. We don't know who's going to get those jobs. There are question marks. Josh Gordon, Antonio Callaway, but, man, is their talent coming out of, the, the, you know, coming out of their pockets. So, listen, you don't need to convince me. And the reason you don't need to convince me, I'm not here to call you crazy. You're the one who called me crazy. I, I did. At, at 877 <laughs> on Fox, I'm genuinely curious, which is a bigger departure from the norm? The Browns make the playoffs, or the Dolphins win the AFC East? 877-99 on Fox. Let me throw some things at you. You know I don't love numbers. Sometimes I like factoids. Let me start with numbers, then I'm going to get to factoids. The last time the Dolphins didn't have Jay Cutler as their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill played. They went 10-6. and six. Now, he only played in 13 of the games that year. Passed for 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Had a quarterback rating, highest of his career, 93.5. Now, does all of that scream superstar? No. Does it scream competence? Absolutely. I think the Dolphins will be a competent team this year and therefore a threat. But let me throw some more at you that took place just in 2017. Because you'll sit here and go, the Browns are going to make the playoffs. And you know what my response to that is? Maybe. The same way the Patriots not winning the division, my response is, yeah, maybe there are certain things I cannot believe, such as Tom Brady played 16 games and had more picks than touchdowns this year. All right. Now you're getting – now you're leaving the map of <laughs> – Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, That's right? just uh, – yeah, life life doesn't work that way. Not, not with Tom Brady in New England. They but, just protect the football better than that. But in general, I am someone who will believe the unbelievable because I wonder if everyone remembers this is why we like the NFL. Yep. The NFL does this every year, and then we forget, and we come back the next August and go, all right, here's what we know. 
So the Rams are good, and the Packers are good, and the Eagles are good, and the Patriots and the Steelers are good, and oh, those Chargers, they have a roster. Did you see them at the end of the year? They won nine of their last 12. I know what I'm talking about. Let's go start the season. And then it never happens that way. It never happens that way. Let me read some facts to you just from last year that if I had told you them last August, you'd have had the same reaction that you just gave me about the Dolphins beating the Patriots. Sure, in the let's hear them. Oh, here we go. <laughs> a backup quarterback won the Super Bowl with a team that was picked to go eight and eight with their starter. Yeah, yeah. That okay. So Wentz goes down. I was writing off the Eagles because of what I know about Nick Foles, and what I know about Nick Foles is it's been underwhelming every time he's played, barring his his one year in Philadelphia, and uh, that was a long time ago. So Nick Foles. Not only wins the Super Bowl, but wins the Super Bowl MVP. Blake Bortles had a fourth quarter lead in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, the 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 Blake Bortles thing uh, shocked me every week. I was I was convinced that somehow that thing would fold up the tent, uh, but but it, it never did. Yeah. So remember, the Jets were tanking for Sam Darnold. They ended up with him anyway. But remember, they were going to win zero games. They won five. Again, this doesn't surprise me. It doesn't? Be- you know, because I'll, I'll say this about losing every game that I said about the Cleveland Browns. It's really difficult to do. I, I mean, it's very difficult to do. So I'll, I'll say that's less than, you know, spectacular. Okay, the Vikings, predicted to be a middling team, lost their quarterback and their running back and went 13-3. and three. No, no, no. They lost their quarterback and then their backup quarterback, who they traded for, and then their third-string quarterback took them all the way. Right? Well, I mean, they lost all the, the way through the regular season. Game. Yes. Uh, you know that that I did not expect. Okay. Yeah. That- uh, the Rams <laughs> led the NFL in points. Yeah. Th- Remember okay. where we were <laughs> last August? Jared Goff can't throw an out route. Yeah. They led the NFL in points. Sean McVay, 32-year-old head coach with a quarterback that people were saying, yeah, that's a bust. Uh, the Rams are going to stink. Nope, Jared Goff was a pro bowler. A third-round rookie from Toledo led the league in rushing. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Kareem Hunt, who I was made fun of for drafting in the fifth round of my fantasy league last year. He didn't fumble a football at Toledo throughout his entire career. His first carry from scrimmage (laughs) was a fumble in the National Football League last season uh, against the Patriots. As a matter of fact, Thursday Night Football. Um, Who would have guessed that he was going to have the season he had? The top-rated quarterback in the NFL last year. Well... Alex Smith, of course. Okay, this one doesn't surprise me <laughs> yes, because I was telling everybody you said he was going to play better because of Mahomes. You did not. The top-rated quarterback okay. in the NFL. I, I, I would not have guessed that. All I'm right. just saying I believed that he was going to have his best season because they drafted a tenth overall pick at quarterback. Jay Cutler had more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. That's an injury. Which could happen to the Patriots. Right. No, I understand that. You can't fire the the pigskin with Relax. a broken clavicle. <laughs> you know, Anthony Barr <laughs> took care of that for Jay Cutler. But, um, you know, I mean, he's so cavalry now. Uh, he is very cavalry. <laughs> and, uh, look, there are, there are a lot of familiar names. When I look at the top five receivers in yardage last year, names like Antonio Brown and 
Julio Jones will show up. Um, oh, and of course, we all saw that Adam Thielen would be one of the top five receivers in the game. He was my uh, second pick in last year's fantasy draft. No, he was Of course, wasn't. yes, no, he was. No. Of course. He was? No, 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 he was not. If not that even. happened, by the way, I would not give you credit. I'd be like, that was a terrible <laughs> pick. Just, even if just, it worked out, that was you stupid. You didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> um, those things all happened. So I'm I'm really not all that interested with the guy who thinks he knows what's going to happen this year. Well, it's funny you mention that because here we are just minutes away from catching up with our old friend Manish Mehta yes. out of New York. I, I Do you notice what Twitter did after Darnold's debut yesterday? You're quite excited. Oh, yes. Quite excited. He joins us next. Darnold, uh, next big thing, book it. I know what's going to happen this year. Uh, actually, Manish met a mite, and he joins us next. Massive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. Okay, Bill Plowski in 10 minutes. But we got a lot to do right now on the Mark and Rich Show, Fox Sports Radio, because our buddy Manish Mehta, New York Daily News, is joining us now live. Manish, does Sam Donald have a key to the city yet? What's uh, what's the holdup here? <laughs> it was a pretty impressive uh, start, that's for sure. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I- I've watched him practice uh, for the last couple weeks, and he did a lot of the same things that I've seen in practice uh, last night. So and most fans didn't get to see some of that. And what I thought was most telling was what Bowles said after the game in which, the, in which uh, he said, you know, he wasn't really surprised because, this isn't anything new for him. He has seen this kid play in camp and then throughout the spring workouts, and he's got a lot of ability, that's for sure, and the Jets are giving him every opportunity here over the next month to earn that week one starting job. Hey, Manish, you get to see him a lot. We don't. Preseason games, typically, they go pretty well, but they're very controlled. The playbook isn't wide open. You take more shots and chances at practice. How has the ball protection been? I know that was a big concern Coming out of USC, small hands, uh, interceptions, fumbles in the pocket. How has that looked? He had a couple hiccups uh, in the spring. Uh, not so much uh, since training camp started. Uh, I, obviously, that should be a concern if uh, you're a Jets fan because of all the turnovers he had at SC, especially last year. But that hasn't really been an issue in training camp. Uh, look, he is going to make mistakes, so he's going to have turnovers. He'll throw picks, and uh, and the Jets are fully aware that He's not going to be perfect, and he wasn't perfect last night. Far from it, to be honest with you. But there's so many different elements to his game that are so impressive for a young quarterback, things that you can't teach. And uh, I think most of all, his capacity to learn, uh, to really correct those mistakes. You know, you hear young players say, well, I can't do this. Uh, you know, I'll learn from it. And it's all just talk. But uh, what I've seen and what I've heard from people in the organization is that he really does have this tremendous ability to understand what he did wrong and then to not make that same mistake twice. And that's certainly going to serve him well this year because he is going to go through some ups and downs, you would anticipate. But uh, I think by the time this season is over, the Jets are going to be extremely pleased about what they have heading into 2019 because I think that's the year where the Jets are going to really have designs on making the postseason. And with a year of experience under his belt, Sam Donald could really take off uh, from 2019 and beyond. Manish, are they trying to trade Teddy Bridgewater? They're open to the idea. They've got 
uh, flexibility at the quarterback position, which is strange to say because the Jets have <laughs> struggled mightily <laughs> at quarterback for about 50 years now. Uh, they're open to the idea. There, there's so many variables at play. First and foremost, they need to feel comfortable with Sam Darnold. If they feel that uh, they can trust him when the regular season begins, then yes, Teddy Bridgewater uh, becomes a, a pretty valuable trade asset. Now, that being said, they're not going to give him away for free, but they do have to temper their expectations because he's only under contract for one season. So what could you realistically get for him? Maybe a third-round pick. Uh, of course, the dynamic completely changes if a team becomes desperate and one of the starting quarterbacks for a playoff-caliber team, for example, gets hurt, ironically, much like what happened with Minnesota a couple years ago when Bridgewater got hurt late in the preseason. So they're open to the idea they've only invested $1 million in Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to owe him $5 million when the regular season begins. So in theory, if they could flip that $1 million asset, in, or investment, I should say, into a draft pick or perhaps even a player that could help them this season, uh, they won't hesitate to do that. As far as the wide receiver room, you know, the Jets appear to have a couple locked in. Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua from last year. I, I think Curse also should be one of the top three. But then you think of guys like Terrell Pryor, who's had an up-and-down career. Uh, Chad Henson's there now. Uh, who, who's Darnold or whoever starts at quarterback going to be throwing to this season? Well, there isn't a dynamic playmaker. You just ran down the list, and I, I think there's some – interesting slash intriguing options to me Robbie Anderson is probably uh, their, their most explosive player but if you're being honest about the situation he's probably a number two or number three in this league not really a number one so uh, they need to upgrade that area that's not going to happen of course this summer it's not going to happen this year I think they'll make a hard run in free agency in the draft next year but the uh, you know Again, not many game changers. A lot of quality players. You mentioned Anumwa, who's an interesting piece because he was their leading receiver two years ago before missing all of last year with a neck injury. He's dealing with a thumb injury. It's not really that serious. He'll be back in, in a few days or another week. Yeah, he's an interesting piece for Jeremy Bates. But you know, this is going to be tough sledding for the offense. I, you know, I asked to be a dynamic offense. I asked the question because Des Bryant is just floating out there, and you <laughs> sort of feel like they need a guy like that who could sort of take the roof off the defense and be that threat. Any interest there? Any talk about Des? No, they're not interested in Des Bryant. Nor should they be at this point. Des Bryant is a name. If you could get the Des Bryant circa 2010, I think the Jets would be very aggressive in trying to get him. But Des Bryant doesn't solve their problems. I think he would be frankly, uh, a hindrance uh, and an issue for a young quarterback. Uh, they don't have interest in him, and uh, I don't anticipate that changing anytime soon. Manish Mehta, New York Daily News. Manish, what's really at issue as they make their decision for week one? In other words, Donald can do more of what we saw last night, and is it that simple? <laughs> oh, hey, he looks good. Sure, let's start him. Or or is is there more to that discussion in terms of mental readiness, Bridgewater's presence, all of that? Well, I think that the coaching staff really just wants to see him do more of what he did last night. You know, it's a small sample size. It's going to be a larger sample size on Thursday against the Redskins and then uh, a much more, quote-unquote, regular season type of vibe in Week 3 against the Giants. So they want him to be exposed to all of those different situations. And if he continues to pass these tests, then they'll start him because it's not really a competition, uh, Teddy Bridgewater versus Sam Darnold versus Josh McCown, because you wouldn't anticipate 
a young quarterback with a month of game experience, preseason game experience to that end, uh, being better than a 16-year veteran or being better than a quarterback who has taken a team to the playoffs like Teddy Bridgewater. That's not really what this is about. This is about the coaching staff feeling comfortable that this kid can be an NFL starter. And if they feel that he's not going to be a deer in the headlights, and I can tell you that they don't think he's going to freeze up, uh, they would be shocked if you know anything about his mental makeup and really everything he's about, and I know you guys do, then uh, you know you wouldn't anticipate him freezing in these, pre- in these preseason games. And, and I just think that, again, if you look at him in a vacuum and assess his ability, his strengths, his weaknesses, and how you as a coaching staff is going to accentuate those strengths in the, pre- in the, in the regular season, uh, then he'll be the starter. Uh, so, again, it's not really comparing him to the other two guys. I know Todd Bowles has come out and said that it's an open competition and that it's Josh McCown's job to lose. The reality of the situation is that if Darnold continues to rest over the next several weeks, then I would be surprised, frankly, if he was not the starter Monday night, week one against Detroit. Uh, McCagnan and Bowles, general manager and head coach both, are they in the final year of their deal? Didn't they both get extended? Yeah, they got an ex- both of those guys got extensions through 2020 back in December. So unless the wheels completely fall off, uh, I don't think that either one of those guys' jobs are in jeopardy. Okay. Uh, ownership is taking kind of a patient approach here. This is a team that's gone five and eleven back to back seasons, but I think they really realize where they're at from a personnel standpoint, and they're really hitting the reset button here with the rookie quarterback. So they're hoping for progress, and they're not expecting miracles. Manish, great stuff. We really appreciate you doing it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, there he goes, Manish Meta, New York Daily News, joining us on the Mark and Rich Show, Fox Sports Radio. Bill Plaschke is going to do the same in just about 90 seconds. But first, right in between the Meta Plaschke sandwich is uh, a substance we like to call David Gascon. Yes. Uh, he's right in the middle of those two yes. pieces there. I am much better than mayonnaise yeah. and mustard. Yeah, gonna yeah you're s- more of the meat of this sandwich. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People are going to sink, sink their teeth into you right now, man. Yeah. I don't that's like a, I don't like teeth used on that. He is Mark. a vegan, you though, know? so it's going to be a tofurkey burger. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Have you ever tried one of those? You know, I actually, I, lo- I lost a bet and had to go vegan for a week. So I've, I've, yeah, I tried By everything. Way, <laughs> would yeah. you like, <laughs> would you like to share with everyone what the bet was? Uh, yeah, all right. I lost to Mark's three-year-old son in a NFL pick'em. But the 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 big part of the story is the uh, the week of veganism that did not change my life I, I went quickly back to steak and eggs and yeah. all the things that I make lo- me happy yeah. I love how you lost the bet and you had to eat healthy for a week that's right by the <laughs> way <laughs> so here's how the whole thing went down so there's there's a three year old boy who outpicked him in NFL games and then the first thing he did when he had to go vegan for a week was he drove to Starbucks and bought a latte. Yeah, which, as it turns out, <laughs> that has was a first, cow's, cow's yeah. milk in it. And so, that is not allowed. Uh-huh. Wow. Not allowed. Uh, way to honor that, Rich. Yeah, well, I don't know. Good job. Guys, uh, <laughs> we got a lot of things going on right now. PGA Championship round number three. We're not going to talk about the leader. We're not going to talk about Tiger Woods. We're going to talk about this guy. All right. Matt Wallace, par 3, 16, 232 yards, and this one is airborne, holding that follow-through like he likes it. This lands on the green, goes to the flag and in. Hole in one. Matt Wallace at 16, and the crowd explodes. He looks up to the heavens, takes his hat off, 
arms outstretched like he just scored a touchdown. A hole in one at 16 for Matt Wallace. And how about that? He's to five under par. That's not bad. No, that's a, you know what happened there is, is we're going to go- see that golf announcer on Sundays. Well, here that, that that golf announcer was like, "This is the only time I'm going to get to speak at full volume all weekend, <laughs> so I'm going to take advantage and do it." <laughs> that's, right. that's what happened right there. Do you guys have a, a walk off trot if you had a hole in one? Oh yeah, my clothes would be off, Gascon. Yeah, I'd really? be swimming in whatever hazard I can find, whether it's sand or water. Yeah, and naked. What if you're wearing like a pink thong or something? But listen, that's a risk I'm willing to take. All right. I am a golfer. Mar- <laughs> Mark. <laughs> no, no, I am uh, I am, uh, I'm incredibly classy, and I am very stuffy on the golf course. Sure, yeah. And so I just uh, I duff my cap and uh, you, and uh, pull out my cell phone and start texting everybody. That's probably, what I do. You'd probably unbutton your top button because I know all three buttons would be buttoned up. No, I'm, right. not a, I'm not a button the top button guy. Like when Tiger started doing that a few years ago, I was like, no. Yeah. No, nah, that's not. Nah. Let's go, I'm gonna just, when you button all the buttons on the polo, you look like you're selling religion like door I'm to wear, door. I'm wearing <laughs> a Puma I mean? golf polo like, right it's now. Good. Top button, unbutton. And actually, there are four buttons on this polo. And I arrived with the top two unbuttoned. Look at well, you. You're, you're uh, rocking the uh, Sean Connery chest here. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, it was warm, and I was <laughs> feeling uh, I was feeling like a wild and crazy guy. All right. Well, speaking of wild and crazy, guys, two notes in the National Football League before we get to Bill. Great news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wide receiver Antonio Brown returned to practice today. He was about out a week, week and a half due to a quad injury and some bad news for the Washington Redskins per Mike Garofolo. Initial tests on wide receiver Robert Davis. Uh, Robert Davis. The team fears he suffered a torn ACL Jeez. MRI this evening. He could be done for the season. They've been hit hard the last 72 hours with players going down via torn ACL. So bad news for them. Uh, all the fun today brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing at times, but not anymore with True Prize from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Wow. Two ACLs with uh, with Washington uh, to start things Brutal. off. Yeah, really tough. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. When you talk tough, you talk Bill Plaschke, L.A. Times columnist forever, ever, joining us now live. And you know what, Bill, I, I was thinking about this. You know, L.A. is so big uh, that it's not the kind of city that looks at its college athletes and then continues to follow them through their career as if they're their own, you know, because there's just too many of them too many professional athletes to follow. But what about Darnold? What about Darnold? Like, what is the significance of of his career and the way he started to Los Angeles? Well, that's a good point. But first, I got a question for Gascon. Is that is that was that guy doing radio broadcast of the golf hole in one? Was that a radio guy? Yeah, that was that was probably Sirius XM, right? Have you have any of y'all ever listened to golf on radio? Um, nobody, nobody <laughs> I know listens to golf on radio. Does anybody listen to golf on radio? Honestly, either one of you two guys. I mean, you know, if I if I've stumbled across it, maybe it stayed on the the old. I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what. If tomorrow, Sunday of a major. <laughs> was like a holiday weekend, like if it was Thanksgiving weekend and I was going to be stuck in a long car ride. Taking the kids to Wally yeah, World. I would totally do it. I totally <laughs> I could not, would. I cannot imagine. I cannot yeah. imagine. I don't know anybody who's ever done it. I don't know why they have <laughs> Well, call me again tomorrow. Call me again tomorrow. Who's the Vince Scully? Who's the Vince Scully of golf radio announcers? Oh, that's, is there that one? Is, that is a good there question. Is You're talking to him. Yeah. Been doing it for years. <laughs> You're talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Don't go back to your question on Darnold. Yeah, I think 
USC, you're, 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 you're exactly right on that, Mark, that we have so many athletes. It's like when I go cover the Olympics, all these, everybody from around the country says, oh, we're covering our local athletes. I'm saying, well, they're all our local athletes. Right. We don't cover right. Yeah, so no, you're exactly right. But Darnold's a little different. He and Rosen are both different. I think L.A. quarterbacks, I think that's different. Kids who came up in Southern California and through our prep system and all that, I think that's a different story. And I think many people will be watching Darnold. I think as many people will be watching Rosen as Darnold, frankly. And I think Rosen's going to have a better career and get off to a better start. But, yes, and that was huge news last night, the way he played and the fact that he could start for them. I mean, I think a lot of people, and, of course, some USC fans are wondering, well, you know, could, could he have shown some of that against Ohio State last year, and you know, in the bowl game? But uh, but other than that, I think yes, it's it's a bigger deal than any other athlete because yeah, we have so many. We don't really consider, we don't claim them as our own because we have so many that are our own. You know, Bill, I got to ask you this question about LA as a sports market, football from a professional standpoint. Easy, I, easy, I, I, pal. Hang easy. on, hey, I, I think easy. I think LA gets a bad rap. They are a better pro football market than people give it credit for. It's just scattered allegiances. Sports bars are packed though on football Sundays. So I ask you now, as LeBron James becomes LA Bron, has the attentions turned to football yet? Or, or are we awaiting some some different arrival? And will that continue through the fall? Because, I mean, honestly, when LeBron takes uh, takes the court in a Laker uniform, it sort of feels like that's a wrap, no? No, well, you know, it's just what makes me so mad. And last year I even wrote a column about it, and I railed about it all winter long. Oh, LA's got no no football fans because no, the stands aren't full. No, it's because we're smart and sophisticated, and we weren't going to go see a Rams team that won four games or a Charger team that shouldn't even be here in the first place. So, no, L.A.'s a smart, sophisticated <laughs> town. If the teams win, if the Rams can, can repeat and be what we think they'll be, they'll be interest. If the Chargers can, can win, win all of their games and shut everybody out, <laughs> there, there, will be, there will be interest. I'm just so sick of this. I'm proud of L.A. fans for not being sheep and saying, well, it's the NFL, the biggest sport in the country. We've got to go watch them play. First off, we all know one thing. Everybody in L.A. has learned this over 22 years of not having football, it's better on television. Yeah. And the NFL yep. is better on TV, right? And so yes. the sports bars are filled. NFL is huge. NFL, our TV ratings are huge out here. It's a huge market. Just because the, the games is the least indicator of it. And, again, if you don't go to the games, it's because they're not playing well. But, no, I don't think you know LeBron's going to tip off in mid-October. I'm not sure the Rams can do anything before that to steal any of that thunder. They're going to have to win. I mean, they're going to have to get to a conference championship game. They're going to have to get farther than they got last year. And I think that only time will tell. So, no, LeBron's going to – but LeBron's first home game, you know this, his first home game at Staples Center is the same day as game seven of the NLCS. And so the Dodgers could be playing right down the road. Or, of course – of course, maybe not. Or, or not. Lately. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not. Or the Diamondbacks could too, Bill, just yeah, letting you know. That's going to be a major conflict. Uh, Bill Plasky joining us. Hey, Bill, I've had two, and I'm going to keep them nameless for now, two former NBA players have told me that the basketball careers of the ball boys – are, are, are already over. They're like yeah. it's 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 over. It's done. And the only way to save it is to consistently have Lonzo play at an All Star level starting this year, or it's over. What do you think? Oh, oh, I totally agree. I mean, for one thing, uh, 
uh, the middle brother, uh, Leangelo, is, 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 is never going to play in the NBA. The little brother, having dropped out of high school and is shooting a thousand times a game for this, this rec league team he plays on, glorified rec league team, I don't see many future for him either. And Lonzo Ball now has got to get past Rajon Rondo. I mean, who are they going to play? Who are they going to play in the last five minutes of a game? Who's Luke going to play? No, excuse me. Who's LeBron going to play? I'm sorry, Luke, Luke, Luke. I mean, I meant Luke. <laughs> Let's just call him Luke Braun. How about that? Luke Braun <laughs> who is, is going to make all who these is decisions. Luke, who is Luke going to play in the last five minutes of a game? Yeah, this is a key. This is supposed to be the biggest summer in, in Lonzo's life. So we'll see if it, it translates into the biggest season of his life. Yes, he's got a career. Before it was he's got a career to make. Now he's got a career, a whole family legacy to save at this point because the other two brothers are irrelevant. The father has since become irrelevant. And I think LeBron has something to do with that, too, probably, is that people don't even, you know, he, he, I think the father's even smart enough not to pop off with LeBron in town. So I think, yeah, I think that's a declining brand. Plus, you heard all the noise about how they, you know, the, the, the trouble selling the shoe business and all that stuff. Yes, I think exactly. I think Lonzo's got to be an all-star this year, and I don't really see that happening. Do we see Aaron Donald suit up for uh, regular season action with the Rams? He'll be there. Yes, okay. he'll be there. Right? I mean, you guys agree, right? Uh, There's yeah. no way he's going to say that. There's no benefit to it. He's got a problem. He should complain to his union. They, the union negotiated all this, how the contracts work, the free agency and all of that. That's just the way it is. And football players, they get mad every year because NBA players make so much more money and have guaranteed contracts. Well, go to your union. See if you can get your union to change that. But until that's changed, no. It'll be, and they'll have a great year again. They'll have a great year again. He should, he should be in the camp now. I mean, he should, he should just realize what his rights are and what he doesn't have and what the Rams can do and can't do and just get in the camp and get it back on him in free agency. I mean, that's the only way, in my opinion, that's what he should do. Bill, great stuff. Uh, great to chat with you. Thanks for hey, doing hey. it. Yep. Hey, is, uh, how's Jory, Lu- Jory Lucchese doing? Uh, oh, boy. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, He's been hanging a couple curveballs hey, lately. Hey, He's who been doesn't, hanging a lot of curveballs. Who, doesn't, He's been hanging a lot of curve who doesn't have a June swoon in him every now and again? <laughs> it's <laughs> August, Willard. Hey, it's August. I know, but June and then July and then August. So yeah, it's okay. just a June swoon that didn't end. That's <laughs> all. Right, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, All right. I love my Jory Lucchese. See you guys. So do we. Catch. All right. There he goes. <laughs> Bill Plasky, Fox Sports <laughs> Radio. All right. You know, it's interesting what he's talking about with Aaron Donald. Um, the entire idea of these holdouts, the preseason ACLs, uh, we can fix almost all of it with one idea. And we'll do that coming up at the top of the hour, but also coming up next. Rich, you should unveil your very controversial Tiger Woods take. Uh, we'll do that next. All right, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. And um, we can fix this whole August thing. We can fix it. I, I got an idea, and, I, and I'll ask the question, who says no? And my bet is you'll say nobody. That's coming up in 10 minutes. But looking at the PGA Championship right now, Brooks Kepka has uh, grabbed this thing by the you-know-whats for the moment. Oh, yeah. He's at 13 under par. Uh, and let's see, he just tapped in. What hole was that? All right, he tapped in on number 12. So he's 13 under par. He's got six holes to play. He's got a four-shot lead. Ricky Fowler and Adam Scott are four back. Tiger Woods is tied for fourth, five shots off the pace. He is absolutely 
in this thing. Yeah, he's in the Sunday he, conversation he as of right now. 100%. And by the way, it is not uh, it is not a stretch right now to think that the way this plays out over the next three, four, five holes, Tiger Woods could be in the final group tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, your hot Tiger Woods major take is what? If Tiger Woods wins a major, short term, this is going to be the best thing for golf. Long term. This is going to be the worst, and I mean the worst thing for the PGA. So what I mean by this is short-term, everybody's gonna, everybody's been coming back to golf. PGA Championship last year, who won? Nobody will be able to tell you. Who really competed? I, Nobody will be able to tell you. I can't even remember. But this year, Tiger Woods made the Valspar something that exploded the internet. The Valspar. There were people who were like, what is a Valspar? And they found out it was a paint company. So here's the thing. Tiger Woods' success, his reign over golf, it may not be finished. But the problem is the PGA has been lazy. They haven't effectively promoted any other golfer. Uh, Spieth had a miraculous run not long ago, and it feels like that was a decade ago. You're right. Right. I, I mean, you could have leaned so but, hard into that. By the way, the PGA Championship last year, I just looked it up, and it was at Quail Hollow. It was not a nobody. Justin Thomas won it. Yeah. Justin Thomas won it. Not Justin it. Thomas is a fantastic golfer. He's, he's one of the top five players ranked in the world. We barely hear about him. Look, the old guard is changing. Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods don't have a ton of tread left on their tire, but if 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 Woods wins this event, and he's back winning majors. Tiger Woods is back. Well, that's going to be how PGA feasts for the remainder of his days. And as soon as he disappears again, and he will because this time it won't be an injury or maybe it will be, and it won't be a social issue or it could be. It'll be age, father time. It, it, he catches everybody. And if he if they get caught like they did last time Tiger stepped away from the game, they're going to decimate their audience again. Okay. Um, you're spot on. And let me add this. There are three things that I can mention that I think of when you bring this idea up of Tiger Woods winning a major. Yeah. One is the Boston Red Sox. The next is the Chicago Cubs. And the last is the television franchise Friends with Ross and Rachel. Got it. So, oh, I know where this is heading. The entire show of Friends was about angst. It was about sexual tension. That's what it was about. Why did Ross and Rachel never get together until the end? Well, because once it happened, that's a wrap. There's no reason to watch anymore. The Boston Red Sox for years were chasing the curse of the Bambino, and the Cubs were chasing the curse of the Billy Goat. Both of them have now snapped that curse. Oh, yeah. Notice how much less interesting they are now. So once Tiger Woods wins this major, and I know you could respond with, but then the chase for Jack is back on. He'd only be three shy. Okay, but is he really going to win five more? Look how much he's having to do to win one. Once that chase ends, doesn't the next one become less interesting? I think it does. Look, Tiger, I think, because of how iconic he is, if he's back winning, he'll he'll really 
he'll really resonate. You know, so even if he wins this, I, I, that the the chase you're talking about, the Nicholas chase again, PJ is going to be able to eat lunch on that for a long, for years, for years, and people are going to buy that storyline or be interested. I'm going to be interested in that storyline. He could potentially, and I've watched his entire career, be the greatest golfer unequivocally we've ever saw. And, and if that's the case, fantastic. But in the meantime, PGA, if you're listening, keep up with the times <laughs> because Tiger is in his mid-40s. He ain't doing this forever. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, they're stars. You have other young pups around there too. Fowler, he wears funky clothing. Yeah. <laughs> How about we get up with this stuff? Because if you don't, everybody's going away again after Tiger's done. Okay, the month of August is all about watching football with a bunch of people we've never heard of playing. We can fix it. We will next. All right, here we go. In our number three, we still look forward to an hour from now, take it or leave it. All of the Fox Sports Radio personnel, you're on blast. You're on alert. We're coming for you. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. We're also watching PGA Championship Day 3 coming down the stretch. Massive names lurking. Brooks Kepka, who's won two out of the last, let me count them up. One, two, three, four, five, he's still won two out of the last six majors. He has clearly got the lead, but right on his tail, the likes of Adam Scott and Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas and some guy named Tiger that's who's chasing him right now and battling to be his partner tomorrow. So we will bring all of that to you as it unfolds. Um, in fact, let's see. Tiger is lining up what I believe to be a birdie putt right now as we speak that would move him into a tie for second place. This is a par five. So Tiger, and it's about, what would you call that? That's about 15 a, feet? Yeah, 20-footer maybe. Yeah, 15 Fringe feet. of the green. Yeah, I mean, this is doable. I'd call it a 40% shot. But Tiger rolls it, and Ooh. he misses it, and he rolls it by. Wow. Okay. Um, so uh, we'll keep you up to date. PGA Championship. We'll let you know that Brent Musburger is going to join us in a half hour. There we go. The new voice of the Raiders the day after their first preseason game. Lots going on there. Khalil Mack and more. Uh, so we'll have that coming up. But let me throw this at you, Rich. Because I feel like all of us sports fans and a lot of you former NFLers, you kind of all come from the same place when we get to August. We're very excited that football is back. We are looking at fantasy implications every day right now as we get ready for drafts. But we also get excited about sitting down to watch games until we actually do it. And then we go, oh, yeah. These just don't really resonate. The quarterbacks that we care about don't play that much. And so we end up just holding our breath to make sure nobody gets hurt. Of course, some people will. And then we get frustrated. Rinse, repeat every August. So here's the idea. And you tell me, having played in the NFL, knowledge of the players' union, who says no to this? Okay. Ownership has long discussed the idea of expanding 16 games to 18 games. Yeah, that actually has been, well, not to best. <laughs> That's a political football as far as collective bargaining agreement because no the, the owners want more football to sell. 
the players want to be compensated for it, and so it's one of those revolving door issues. The other thing, there's two things that I hear people say. If you do this, then you clearly don't care about safety. A, two more games, and B, Thursday night football. All right, let's fix all of this uh, and the preseason in one swoop. Okay. The preseason is no longer four games. It's two. We take those two extra weeks because the owners are going to say, what about the revenue? Well, here's my response. Let's have it go up. Let's turn those two preseason games into regular season games. You now have two more weeks of an actual television contract, of actual revenue that people want to go uh, consume live concessions, all of that. Your preseason is then lowered. Your injuries are going to go down. Your participation of people you care about will go up. You simply need to take that extra revenue and extra time in the schedule and do two things. A, Thursday night games, anybody who plays in them now has a bye the previous week. Yep. So nobody's playing on three days rest ever. I've always said that it's cockamamie that they don't do that already. I you you can't you can't do that to players. I I've done it a couple times during my career and you just feel shot. You you go out there Thursday night, if you played Sunday, you feel shot. Okay, so we can do buys before Thursday night games. We can shorten the preseason to two games. We can go to 18 games. The only question players I think will have, correct me if I'm wrong, is, well, if you want us to play two more games, what are you giving me? Right. Oh, I have an idea. Some of the money. Yeah. And therefore, whatever it is you make for 16 games, cut it down to a per-game salary, and you get two more of those checks, and we will have the revenue to cover that because we have now two more weeks in a TV contract and a continuing Thursday night contract that is certainly headed for an argument because they keep selling it and the players keep saying this is awful. Who says no to that? No, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of the arguments that have been posed would would go away. This idea that ownership doesn't care about player safety because regardless of what rules they make to make the gameplay safer, the Thursday night football thing, like you mentioned, is inexplicable. And it really is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. So you have buys before Thursday night games. You have you have the, the two games of the preseason, the last two games, become regular season. And then, for example, you break it out like you mentioned. Khalil Mack, and, and I know this because he's being fined at this rate now, he is going to make $814,000 a week. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to be paid per his contract, fifth-year rookie contract. Okay, $814,000 is a pretty good reason to play football, I would say. Okay, so yeah, Khalil, uh, would you play an 18-game schedule? No. What if we gave you $1.6 million to play an eight-game schedule? Extra. Extra. Yeah, yeah, Extra. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, truly, <laughs> I, I, I think, it, I think and, and again, when you're talking about a union, you're talking about the body of players, and I think maybe there's certain stars who would say, absolutely not. Yeah, it's not worth the strain on the body, you know, starting all these games already, how long, uh, you know, these careers last, you're going to be diminishing opportunities to play longer careers. Here's the deal, though. 
if you're compensated for those games at the same scale and rate that you are for the other 16, that argument doesn't exist okay, anymore. Well, let me ask you this, having experienced it yourself. What's tougher, a normal in-season game week of working out in preparation or a normal training camp week of preparation? What's more? What's tougher? What's more difficult? What's more annoying? What do you like less? Uh, yeah, absolutely training camp. There 100%. you go. 100%. So I also just took two weeks of training camp, and I just turned them into regular season yeah. weeks, yeah. which are more, uh, I don't know if the right word is enjoyable, but they, they're easier to stomach for the well, players. Let's put it this way. There's just a more prudent, uh, the, the end goal is to have everybody be healthy for the game. During training camp, you can beat the ever-living, you know, cow out of these players because you you have time with them. Yeah, you, you know, they're not playing any significant football for a while. So you could go, you know, 8 days in a row just just getting after guys, beating them down. And I'm telling you that takes years off of an athlete's bodies when you don't have enough time to effectively recover and you go back out there. Sports science is starting to catch up. We're starting to see signs of breakdown. And we're able to do it through technology. And certain coaching staff, certain training staffs are actually pulling certain players out and saying, yeah, you know what? He needs a day off. Like, he's just not going to be uh, in in the best possible position to continue his workload if we don't give him some time to recover. Okay, so that's happening. But, yeah, nothing beats preparing for a game day because the, the, the gloves come on a little bit. All of a sudden you start thinking about durability. During training camp, you're thinking about toughness. But during during the long stretch of the season, you're thinking about having everybody available for Sundays, for Thursdays, uh, for Monday nights. So, so yeah, no, game weeks are way better as far as the, the, the toll the practices take on you. Well, and let's talk about injury to players who uh, really matter, like players that we, we, we care about. You know, even though Darius Geis – we didn't even know him. His NFL career hasn't even started. This is the guy that was ticketed to be the starting running back for Washington yep. this year. Yep. So let's talk about players like that. Hunter Henry, starting tight end for the Chargers. Well, that was in OTAs, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, actually, that was in yeah. OTAs. So, I mean, let's let's take a two-game preseason sure. schedule. And what would it look like? I would, I would suggest I'm going to take my starters, my players who matter if I'm really established, if I'm Tom Brady – Forget it, Tom. Just go sit over there. We'll see in a couple of weeks. But outside of that, players who matter, players who I'm planning to start in week one of the preseason, instead of a series, uh, maybe I do two. Maybe I do a quarter even. And then that's pretty much it. The rest of that week one is we're assessing talent and positions. Yep. Yep. And then that week two, you immediately jump to the dress rehearsal, which – you may sit your your stars out completely. You may take your other starters and just say, hey, what do you want in terms of a warm-up? Do, yeah. do you want five plays? Let, let, do you want zero plays? Do you want ten plays? And then we're going to do that, and immediately we go again into final roster decisions, and then after that, let's play football. I'll give you the argument that some people make, you know, and this is an effort uh, to, to defend the current system as it stands. Players need four preseason games to get ready for the toll of the regular. No, 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 no. Uh, if you had one or say 16 teams doing the only, only two preseason games, and then you had the other 16 teams doing four preseason games. Yeah. You would notice 
a, a, a difference in preparation leading into the season because half the league would have had an unfair advantage as far as their time, their on-ramp to get players ready. But if this is consistent, if this is a league rule, if every team only has a two-week preseason that they have to contend with to be ready, you're not going to notice any drop in level of play because everybody's on the even playing ground. That's kind of the reason why I think Thursday night football is so ill-conceived. They're like, it's sloppy. Well, of course it's sloppy. Right. No one's Some ready of to these play. teams are coming off of bye weeks against a team who played literally Sunday. So if you're going to have that slated as a matchup for Thursday night, that is going to be god-awful football because one team had three days to recover. One team may have had 14 or better days. It's just that's the inequity, inequity, inadequacy there. That That's the reason why it doesn't match up to a normal game week. You have to make those changes in order to make the product strong. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, coming up next. There is a position in sports that's being incredibly devalued. One of the guys who plays that position has a really interesting reason as to why. That's coming up. Brent Musburger in 10 minutes. So, this is an under-the-radar bummer, but it was. What do you do about this? It almost feels like the universe is just trying to step in and stop something from happening. Remember when Eric Reed was going to go work out for the Titans? Yes, yeah. And then there were a bunch of flight delays, and he never got there. By the time he was going to get there, they are like they called him. They're like, don't come. We already signed Kenny Vaccaro. I mean, Nashville's like one of those places you road trip to. You know, I mean, like, it, it, <laughs> like who flies to Nashville? It feels like you got to... Get your pickup truck and your dog and head to Nashville. That's right. That's actually a good idea. It's better to fly somewhere else, rent a pickup, and and a dog. (laughs) Put some dirt on the side of the truck and then drive to Nashville. That's right. right. With a guitar in the backseat. Well, you have to. I mean, hello. Well, yeah. All right. So you never made it. And Kenny Vaccaro got signed. And then you start thinking to yourself, so Eric Reed is still unsigned and he's really good. And then I thought, why the hell was Kenny Vaccaro still unsigned? And why was Trey Boston unsigned? Vaccaro and Boston both just signed within the last week for a million and a half dollars. Yeah. And as much as you and I and, and everyone listening would be like, cool, sign me up. These are incredibly depressed salaries. And you maybe don't know all about Kenny Vaccaro or Trey Boston, but these are really good NFL safeties. They are. Top half, high level NFL safeties. Boston had like five or six picks with the Chargers last year. Vaccaro made almost $6 million with the Saints. Uh, And we know about Eric Reed. This is a former Pro Bowler, 49er, really good player. Add in that Earl Thomas is literally saying to the Seahawks, hey, sign me up, trade me, do something. And the Seahawks' response is, I'm sorry. Did you hear something? I, 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 somebody's talking. We don't even know who that is. Yeah, never mind. What is going on with the safety position? Well, it's it's somewhat disappearing. So, you remember back when Ronnie Lott and Harrison and some of these big bang Troy Palomalu and uh, you know I was actually about to fall into the trap of saying Ed Reed, really, really, really great safety. But Ed Reed would play in today's NFL. I'll explain why. But these big banging say uh, John Lynch, 
These were safeties that people feared crossing the middle on. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to get on the train tracks because you knew exactly what was going to happen. That's the reason why uh, careers like Wayne Krabet and Wes Welker were so heralded because these gentlemen were fearless when they when they ran slants and crossing routes. They were liable to have their heads taken off. The NFL's changing to protect the head and neck area of defenseless receivers better than they ever have. They're legislating the free safety roaming the defensive backfield, dislodging these passes from these receivers out of the game. So what is happening is you're seeing a huge boom of undersized uh, linebackers who are becoming these almost like nickel coverage guys. And then you're also having these safeties who are playing bigger so they can sort of come down in the box and be a third linebacker. Basically, the NFL is evolving to those smaller defensive packages because you're getting flagged too often when you have that that big banger, uh, that monster of the middle that, that used to yep. be so popular in the NFL. Although, that might fit Eric Reed. Not so much these other guys we're talking about. Earl Thomas is not a huge banger. He's a great free safety uh, Trey Boston, not a huge banger. No, Tom, Thomas, Thomas, he he had a lot of that in the no, Legion of Boom defense. He, he, he he's a hitter. Had, yeah. He's a hitter, but he's not, I mean, he's not Lynch, Ronnie Lott size guy. But I'll give uh, you an example. The reason why you're actually starting to see defenses do this, like they're starting to put the Telvin Smiths of the world at linebacker, the Shaq Thompson with the Panthers, some of these guys, uh, you know, the better defenses in the league. You're starting to see these guys, these smaller linebackers on the field with three corner sets. And what what you're doing is you're basically saying, okay, we dare you to throw on us. We have a guy who we think is competent enough in there at linebacker to both cover and also play the run. But then we also have three solid cover secondary players on the field. And so if we decide to blitz or we decide to play you straight, we're feeling pretty confident unless you have an absolute absurdly talented run game, which some teams can counter those type of defenses with. But um, but that's really the way the league's heading. So you sound like you don't buy what Trey Boston said yesterday. Boston finally got signed by the Cardinals. Uh, remember, this is the team that would not give a new deal to Teran Matthew. And Matthew ended up, uh, saying, hey, let me go, and they did, and he goes to the Texans, and he got a nice salary for his safety, but for only one year. Right. He's going to get $7 million, but the Texans said one year. Not a major contract. All right. Trey Boston finally gets to the Cardinals. Really good player. Smart guy. We've had him on our show before. Oh, yeah. Really fun guy. And he he says yesterday, this goes to the NFL collusion story. This goes to Colin Kaepernick because it extends to Ed Reed. And if you're going to collude to keep these guys out, if you're going to collude to keep Eric Reed out, we're going to need something to be able to say. And he says, why not devalue the safety position as a whole? Because as long as the owners could say, well, Kenny Vaccaro hasn't signed and Trey Boston hasn't signed, and no one's shown any willingness to give up anything for Earl Thomas, and the Seahawks aren't even paying attention to his plea. That says that Eric Reed is just one of those guys. Yeah. Not having anything to do with kneeling during the national anthem. I'll tell you, it, it, look, is it, um, 
Is it an explanation? Yeah, it is. Is it far-fetched? Yeah, it is. Here's the thing. I'm not saying it didn't happen. If owners are smart and they're colluding behind closed doors to make sure that all their bases are covered to blackball Colin Kaepernick, well, then, then yeah, I, I suppose that could be the scenario. But I think as transparent as the world is and how many people have to be trusted with this extraordinarily sensitive information, I don't think the owners would risk that. I think that Kaepernick remained unsigned by and large because there was a consensus agreement. I'm not saying they, they got together and decided against it, but I'm, I'm thinking individually each owner went, oh, my God, well, I don't want to be the guy. Right. I, I'm, I'm just telling you because I think they all think alike in this realm. I mean, think about our president so is attacking funny. Colin Kaepernick still. He's attacking <laughs> right. the protests in the NFL still. You I are mean, fake news. A lot of these guys shared rooms together for a long time before he even became the president. He's been trying to get into the NFL. I, they don't want to catch that sort of negative attention in the press, so I think they all sort of came to the same conclusion themselves without colluding. Um, and then to throw on top of it a widespread plan to uh, cover their tracks by devaluing the safety position, it's too it's way too far down the line for me to you know to believe that they would they would all do that together. You know what's funny though? They're afraid of something, in my opinion, that doesn't even exist. Yes, and I can prove it based on something that happened in one of last night's preseason games. Let's hold that, though, for our conversation with none other than Brent Musburger, uh, who's just a legend of the industry, but now also the voice of the Raiders. And uh, starting the uh, the Vision Network, I'd be interested to talk to him a little bit there as far as uh, sports betting and gaming as that becomes legal in so many other states. Let's get Gascon in here first, though, uh, with the latest as Brooks Kepka is out there with a club taking a drop on an unplayable lie. Things are getting a little bit more interesting out there at the PGA. Man, you're just really excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> Gascon, we, we are coming down the stretch, and there are a lot of big names. There are. And the good news for Tiger Woods fans is he can't win right now, but he certainly is in position not to lose because he's through well, the he's round off, today. He's off the course, so yes. that's good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nothing but, bad can happen no, but, when you don't play. But I, I bring that up because you said about – 30 minutes ago that we've we've looked at him in, in this past year in the 15 16 17 18 holes he's tapered off a bit right yes yeah. yes he did not he did not bogey anything down the stretch no. he didn't birdie anything but he didn't bogey <laughs> right, anything right. either so he's in a good spot right yep. now as yep. it stands he's at minus eight currently he's four strokes behind kepka who is your leader at 12 under par uh, a couple of other things right now. College Athletics, the University of Maryland, has placed their head football coach, DJ Durkin, and three other members of his staff on administrative leave. An external investigation is underway after allegations were made of a toxic environment that led to the death of 19-year-old player Jordan McNair earlier this season. Meanwhile, in Major League Baseball... Swung on there, goes deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. A Stantonian home run over the auxiliary scoreboard into the grandstand. Giancarlo, no supposed to He homers to left, and the Yankees take a one-nothing lead. Oh boy! <laughs> By the time he was done, 
Uh, the game was over as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yankees <laughs> lost uh, four to three. No, 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 they actually won. Oh, five okay. Three. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Red Sox <laughs> in game one of a doubleheader blanked the Orioles five nothing. David Price had ten strikeouts in six innings. Nationals are clubbing the Cubbies nine one. It's on FS1. Game two, that doubleheader between Boston and Baltimore, is about to get underway. Rays lead the Blue Jays two one in Toronto. Gentlemen, back to you. Okay, Gascon, good stuff, and thank you. We're live in the Geico Fox. Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Mark and Rich Show, Fox Sports Radio. And joining us now, Brent Musburger. Brent, an honor to have you. Thanks so much for doing it. Congrats on the gig with the Raiders. Uh, how did last night go with the uh, the big debut? You know, you're, you're looking at this. Gruden was really excited after the game. Uh, because they won, but but I wonder what have what have you noticed in looking at uh, at him rejoining the NFL and everybody saying that oh the game's kind of passed him by. What what have you noticed so far? Hi guys, it's a pleasure to be with you today. And listen, I, I was at Napa for the last week before the first game. He's energized by this. The game in no way has ever passed him by. Uh, now, I want to go back and talk about Dick Vermeil, who worked with me for a long, long time covering college football before he went back to coach the St. Louis Rams. In that particular instance, Coach Vermeil had to play catch-up, which he finally did, and in the third year, they were able to go in and win a Super Bowl. But in John Gruden's case, anybody, anybody who says that the game has passed him by it's laughable as a criticism. I mean, what he's been doing the last nine years, he's been visiting basically every team in the National Football League, or at least those teams that are on Monday Night Football on ESPN. And let's not forget that he's very close to his brother, Jay, uh, who is the coach of the Washington Redskins. So when John came in with the Raiders, the one thing he did differently than Vermeil, he tore up the roster. There were 59 free agents invited to camp. Uh, with the Raiders. He knew that they had to improve the personnel uh, going forward. So that part of it, let's just put to rest, because there is simply nothing to that. Now, he made a kind of off-the-cuff comment. I like to turn it back to 1998. He kind of laughed. But what he meant really was to get a fullback in there to lead Marshawn Lynch occasionally, because he'd gone back and studied so much tape, and he saw that Marshawn was even more lethal with the back in front of him. So those are the things... Uh, that he was referring to. Uh, but being around him, uh, it was a lot of fun, I've got to tell you. He enjoyed his sessions with the media. Uh, he was with the fans a lot. Uh, practices were open back in the in the old days of, of Al Davis. And I go way back with Al because of Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy and Al were, were very close friends. Now, Al never let fans into his practice. And his son, Mark Davis, has opened it up. John Gruden likes having the fans. So it's like a breath of fresh air uh, across Raider Nation. Now, having said that, you know, you could still find him a couple years away from being a real contender for a championship. Uh, here in Las Vegas, the over-under number on the Raiders is eight, and that's basically a 500 season. What was fascinating to me is to go back into the record book. The year that Gruden was traded away, okay, was the tuck rule, the infamous tuck rule, in a game against the Patriots in New England. The next year, Raiders get to the Super Bowl but lose to John Gruden's Tampa Bay Bucks. okay? Since that success of the Raiders, they've had only one winning season 
in 15 years. I, it's amazing. They've had a couple of eight and eight years. Yep. I, I was unaware that they had fallen on such hard times. So uh, I, I know it's kind of an endless answer for you, but I hope I uh, shed some light no. on that. Uh, <laughs> <No. laughs> that's great. I, I think, uh, I, I mean, really that's the story of the offseason because we understand in the NFL how impactful the head coach is to the success of a football team. That's why they're changed over when success isn't there. But quarterback, equally important. Derek Carr signs a big deal. Uh, second year with Jack Del Rio doesn't go as well as the first. Where's he at as far as developing under the Gruden system now? They seem to be enjoying the conversation during practices. That's what I can relay to you. Uh, the Gruden system is a little trickier uh, than some. For example, when he talks into the headset, although he didn't use it last night, he will call two plays, and then it's up to the quarterback to uh, signify which one he wants to use when he gets up to the line of scrimmage because uh, John is anticipating certain defenses out there. Uh, so those are different things that weren't used last night. So it is a difficult process. Last night, of course, they were looking more at the backup, and uh, Connor Cook had a terrific game uh, overall. He was 11 of 19 for 141 yards with the one touchdown pass and didn't have any interceptions. So Connor Cook uh, is ahead of, E.J. Manuel in the battle to be the backup quarterback. And we'll see, oh, we'll see very little of Derek Carr next week. Very unusual situation. The Raiders play the Rams next week, and then they have to turn around and play the Rams again on the opening Monday night of the NFL season. So it's going to be a very bland preseason game next week. I doubt that Derek will uh, even see the field. They had one series, one series last night, and uh, completed two of the four passes he threw. Had a handoff touchdown call back, Marshawn Lynch, the rookie left tackle, Colton Miller, uh, call for holding on the play. But they seem to be getting along very, very well. And John's had nothing but high praise for Carr since, uh, since he took over the job. But you guys are very, very aware of how important that quarterback position is. Brent Musburger joining us live, Fox Sports Radio, Mark and Rich Show. Uh, Brent, I, I, I want to ask you this as well because I think that you know the NFL has obviously had a hard time figuring out how to handle its social issues the last couple of years. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. Why are some guys seemingly just way too hot to touch for the NFL like a Colin Kaepernick or an Eric Reed, And Marshawn Lynch, who last night sat, not kneeled, not left the field, he has been sitting during the anthem and somehow – Everybody seems to just kind of gloss over that. Can can you figure out what's going on there? What's the dynamic and and what what is what's the potential danger there if any for the Raiders? Well, you know, the potential danger obviously is the insult being delivered to uh, customers. I mean, that uh, it's if we take it to the if we get away from the uh, social injustices that uh, some of the fellows have been protesting. If we leave that issue for a second and get over to the customer base, because you're in a business and the people who buy tickets and buy shirts and things, and this is a very, very tricky situation uh, for ownership. I've talked to several, and they're beside themselves because just when they think things are quieting down, President Trump will get on his Twitter high horse and he'll unload again. And then, of course, uh, the certain segment of the football population will respond accordingly. And uh, the two sides, you know, they harden their, their 
their side of this particular issue. Uh, it's, you know, it's a business issue. There's a social justice issue. I find myself that it's very unfortunate that the leadership of the NFL did not address Colin Kaepernick immediately and explain to him what issues were at stake here with the business. And then I think a couple of things would have happened. I think things would have quieted down quickly. And I tell you the truth, I think Colin Kaepernick would still be playing someplace today. But it would be, I would be extremely surprised if any team took him on uh, because of the response of the customer base. Nothing to do with him being quarterback, whether you think he's good or bad. You know, I can listen to both sides of that particular argument. And he could be a very nice fellow. I've never been around him that much, so I, so I really can't. I can't speak for that. I, I can speak about Eric Reed because I was around him at LSU, and he was very nice to deal with. I enjoyed talking to him uh, as he got ready for the Tigers, and I'm sorry that he's caught up in this wash because I think he is good enough yep. uh, to play right now for some team. But, but, the issue, but the issue has moved away from what's being protested to the business side, and, and that's a totally – different issue and these are very good jobs for that segment of the population i think i think mark davis told me we've got about 70 75 percent of the athletes in the nfl are african-american right now we have more coaches than i can ever remember back in the 70s and the 80s and and it's been very good for that part of our population and i hate to see them damage that and some people are just looking for an excuse to say i'm turning away from the nfl I do want to mention last night for a second because it's sort of interesting. Uh, from our announce booth at the stadium, which is the baseball uh, home team, the Oakland A's radio booth, we are directly behind home plate and a fairly low level. I could see across the field, far side the Lions bench, and clearly they had, they had locked arms and they, and they stood uh, on the sideline for the playing of the National Anthem. I have to be perfectly honest. I could not see... Marshawn Lynch City, nor did I until the news later that night. I saw a clip that was taken more from field level uh, that he was again uh, sitting sitting down on the bench. And of course, unfortunately, it becomes a bigger part of the story. Yeah. I mean, it, it 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 just becomes an issue that kind of feeds upon itself, and and everybody feels that the, that they have to cover it. I, you know, I, I wish I had the answers, and and I really don't. Uh, I've got sympathies uh, toward both sides, but I, but if I had a chance to address the players' leadership, I would say, look, you've got some real grievances in this country. There's no issue about that. No argument from anybody. Uh, we would like to clean up some of these things, but in your particular business, uh, I wouldn't want to insult your customers like you're doing because they take it the wrong way. They think it's a slap in the face. Uh, toward our flag, and a lot of them have relatives who have lost their lives. Um, I know how moving it was for me to be over at Normandy and, and to stare down the cliffs when those guys uh, battled their way up in the Second World War to take a foothold, and and I can only imagine what the families of relatives who stormed the beaches at Iwo Jima, what they think about this, and it's it, I just find it's too bad. I, I wish that, uh, that there had been a resolution and we get back to... Uh, to talking about the great game that uh, that football can be. Yeah, well, Brent, I tell you what, it's really great to have your perspective on uh, on all of this today, especially uh, the day after the uh, 
you know, the first game in the Raiders booth. So, again, congrats on that, and we really appreciate some of your time today. All right, my guys. Take care. All right, there it is. Brent Musburger on with Mark and Rich Fox Sports Radio. There is a lot to chew on there, and we'll do that coming up next because he repeatedly brought up the business aspect of this. Yes, And that is actually the aspect that I personally feel is being miscast. That's next. All right, great news. Quick way you can save some money. Switch to Geico. Geico Geico.com, 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. So 877-99 on Fox. Love everybody to get in on this. I'll tell you what. I respect Brent Musburger. I do not see the NFL's business issue the same way he does. I don't think they have a problem. I think they've got a perceived problem. So... This is one of those interesting things. The owners, by and large, um, very wealthy and white. Yes, by and large. They're going to see, they're going to tend. They don't all see it the same way, right? You know, Stephen Ross in Miami doesn't necessarily see it like Jerry Jones. But they're going to tend to see this a certain way. And if this bothers their morality, they're going to then say, as Brent said many times, this is a slap in the face to our customers. Well, but hang on. Where's your evidence? Here's the evidence we do have. Well, but ratings are down. Oh, you mean like they are for all television shows? Because what I see is that like 20 of the top 25 television shows in America are football. And once we got the Green Bay Packers financials for the year, what did we see? Oh, it went way, way up yet again. Oh, Thursday Night Football, CTE. Thursday Night Football package to Fox. Boom, through the roof. You're telling me there's a problem, and there's no problem. I'll give you a business that's got a problem. It's called Papa John's. Papa John's lashed out against those kneeling, lashed out against the NFL for not handling it a different way. What happened to Papa John's? Schnatter's now in court, and Papa John's every quarter since that has happened has careened downhill and now is no longer a sponsor of the NFL. Well, I will say this. Revenues were dropping prior to Schneider making his statement because if you remember what he said, he was blaming declining sales on the fact that players were protesting. Fair point. However, so, they have continued oh, since then no, the slide every it. quarter. And let's let's also remember he used a racial slur in a board meeting right. over that, the phone. That wasn't until a few weeks ago that that came out. But yes, but no, I'm just no saying, question. So the, PR, the PR problem that he's created for his own <laughs> company has only gotten worse is my point. But initially, sales were sliding and they were addressing this in a serious way. And then Schnatter got a hold of a microphone or a reporter (laughs) and made sales worse. Yes. So the data does not support the idea. Now, it doesn't mean it does not mean that there aren't millions of people out there who believe everyone should stand for the national anthem. I get that. However, understand that there are millions who see it a different way also. And right now, the NFL is acting as if this is a massive majority that are going to be turned off by people kneeling. Well, hang on. You clearly now, we have data that there are people turned off by you reacting. Not by the kneelers, by the reaction to those demonstrating during the anthem. Now, here's another one. I've got more evidence. 
Those saying we don't want to see any demonstrations during the anthem are saying, don't bother me, this is my football. I just want to eat popcorn and watch football and drink beer. This is my time away. I don't right. want to be confronted with politics. What did Brent just say? They're at the game. They didn't even know Marshawn Lynch was sitting. Most people do not watch the anthem on television. Yeah. Therefore, media, which simply mirrors back to society what society wants, don't tell me you don't want to know because the media, the second a game happens, runs around the locker room to get an aggregate of what every guy did. He was in the locker room. He kneeled. That one over there sat. That one stood. And then they feed that to the public. So while the public is saying we don't want this, well, yes, you do, because the media has the data that suggests we need to report this to you. Well, here's the deal. Um, If you go to any credible news source and you ask them, okay, how how do you write your headlines? Uh, their answer is going to be, well, it's it's what we think that people are going to open our paper. Now it's clicks. You know what I mean? It used to be the headline has to bring you to page four to finish reading that story, right? Now it's clicks. Whatever the headline says, whatever gets clicked on the most is what you're going to consistently see. Mm-hmm. So per actual data that these news organizations are all compiling – they found out that this is a very popular thing that people are interested in. I've always thought of it this way. If you complain about it, and I mean hate it, or if you love it, you're going to see more of it. Because love and hate are strong reactions, and that's what anybody in entertainment is looking that's for. That's well said. It's a reaction. You don't want to be in the middle, uh, and, and this is not in the middle. All right, more on that coming up. And why is it okay for Marshawn Lynch to keep doing what he's doing when it's not for other guys. That's next. Okay, take it or leave it. Coming up in 15 minutes, our favorite 10 minutes of the week. It's when we gather our coworkers into a virtual room and make fun of them. Uh, and just smack them around a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Um, so looking, for, looking forward to that. Mark and Rich, <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, PJ Championship getting real tight. Real tight. Brooks Kepka had a five-shot lead about a half hour ago. Now it's one. Um, he's bogeyed a couple of times, other guys making runs, and we got some huge names all gathered uh, as they uh, jockey for position for tomorrow's final round. Live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Do you ever wonder, you and I have had this conversation a long time, do you ever wonder what this would be like if the NFL had a couple of years ago just gone – uh, you know what? Our guys are allowed freedom of speech, freedom of choice, and expression. And while we don't love everything that's happening, um, we're gonna we're willing to weather this social media storm, and we're just not gonna do a damn thing. What 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 do you think? Where would we be today if they had done that? Yeah, I I mean, look, anytime, look, anytime there's opposition, there are sides taken. You can't have a conflict if one side won't fight. Have you ever gotten to the point in an argument that that you felt very strong about, that you really, really wanted to prove your point, and then all of a sudden, whoever you were fighting with just said, you know what, I'm sorry, you win. I, I can't. I won't, and I, I shouldn't, so I'm not. It happens and- all the time except for the you win part. 
Um, I never get the you win. Right. I just get the I'm not fighting anymore. Or, or yeah, even that. Like I'm, I'm, or even, I'm out. Like I don't want to do this anymore. I, you know yeah. what? How about that? Even even not relinquishing <laughs> the win, but saying, you know what, players, this is your league too. And if you think this is what's best for us, uh, we're going to roll with these punches because, quite frankly, we can't have us without you. So we're going to allow you to take the stances you need to, and we are going to allow you to protest in the way uh, you you feel is necessary. And we're going to see where this thing takes us. And truthfully, and, and this came up in our conversation with Brent Musburger, this idea that it's affecting business well, you could truly have that example then. You could have that proof. If if you, as the NFL, the ownership, the 32 owners, their commissioner, the, the league offices said, we're going to hand this over to you. Don't screw it up. And if then ratings depressed and then uh, people were turning off the sport, then you'd have an argument, but but we haven't done that yet because they've chosen the the NFL, the league office has chosen to dig their heels in and say, yeah, 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 not on our turf, not on our time, not during our anthem. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that they're actually hiding behind the whole. Hey, man, this is a business thing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's not. It's it's your opinion, and that's fine. Uh, but those owners have an opinion that this is wrong. There's absolutely no data whatsoever to suggest that this is causing a business problem. Want proof? Marshawn Lynch sat on the bench last night, and it ain't even near the first time he's done it. And nobody cares. Nobody's even talking about it. Way more offensive than anything Kaepernick or Reed ever did, right? And here we are, it's still happening, and everyone's still screaming about Colin Kaepernick. It's happening in today's NFL, and nobody's boycotting anything. Nobody's not watching anything. All the people I know are simply getting ready for their fantasy draft. Where should Marshawn Lynch go? I don't know. Maybe about round five or six? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what are we talking? Anyway, here's a piece of what Brent Musburger said. Join us about a half hour ago. Potential danger, obviously, is the insult being delivered to uh, customers. If we take it to the – if we get away from the – social injustices that uh, some of the fellows have been protesting. If we leave that issue for a second and get over to the customer base because you're in a business and the people who buy tickets and buy shirts and things, and this is a very, very tricky situation uh, for ownership. I've talked to several and they're beside themselves because just when they think things are quieting down, President Trump will get on his Twitter high horse and he'll unload again. And then, of course, uh, the certain segment of the football population will respond accordingly. And uh, the two sides, you know, they harden their, their, their side of this particular issue. All right. Jersey sales. You know, the people who buy tickets and buy jerseys. Um, here's a story that I just found. From last year, Colin Kaepernick has the NFL's top-selling jersey since the National Anthem protest. Oh, oh, wait a minute. So you mean the customers who buy the tickets and buy the jerseys, they are all just put off to the highest level by these guys who demonstrate. You sure? Because I think they're buying his jersey more than they're buying anybody else's. Listen, I'm not telling you what to think. If this bothers you, I get it. If it doesn't, I get it. Wherever you stand on it, we've all had that conversation a hundred times. What I'm asking is, somebody give me proof 
that this is actually causing a business problem for the NFL. Well, check this out. I don't see it. I'll give you another statistical data point. So, National Football League, year over year, attendance in the regular season games from 2008 all the way up until last year have remained flat. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it has slightly grown, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Actually, there was a bit of a depression last season, but the, it look, 17-3, it's 17 million. 17-3, 17-2. That's yeah. what we're talking about. That's the difference. <laughs> so, I, I look, I mean, okay. it's, been, it's been, and we're talking about the entirety of the NFL, every single game, every single yeah. stadium that has been sold out or not, uh, all those, those gates were totaled. By the way, the highest number of all those years was not last year, but the year before, which was the year following and during the start of the anthem protest. As a matter of fact, that's you, the highest yeah. year of the last decade. You can make an argument. You can make an <laughs> argument that this has helped. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's seventeen, I mean, 17 million two hundred sixty thousand people went to NFL games. That's that's as many or more than I would say. Let me count them now: one, two, three, four, five. Of the past eight years, so I look. I I don't know where exactly the business argument is. It doesn't seem to equate to a lot of what we can what we can oh. just ascertain by simple Google searches. So here's the other thing too. So this is something that that has been brought up before, but it, it deserves to be refined and said again. You're going to because of the sensitivity of this issue. And because the NFL has not been able to come out with a defined answer, at first it was <laughs> like, I guess we have to let them do it. And then it was like, well, no, we're no, 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 you can't do it anymore. And then, oh, 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 wait a minute, we're going to go back to the drawing board, but, but we're still for the moment sort of saying that you can't do it, but we might be changing. So just stand there and wait for us. We'll be right back. This has been their answer. And so because of that, because of the lack of a definition, understand that you're going to have millions of people upset either way. Yeah. Okay, so if you're worried about upsetting a customer base, Rob Parker has said this repeatedly on this network. What about the customer base that you're upsetting by suppressing this free expression? Right. What about that customer? Because that's millions of people who watch football as well. We get so caught up in the, well, this is the NFL's base, right? The NFL's base is middle America. And, you know, football is big in Texas. Here's the deal. Football's big everywhere. Yes. Football's big in small cities. Football's big in big cities. It's in the middle of America, the north, the south, the east, the west. Football's big. It's just big. I'll give you more statistics. This is the 2017-2018 season, so they total out what are the most popular television shows in America. Number one is The Big Bang Theory. I with, do like The Big Bang Theory. I mean, it's you know, Sheldon and the gang. Okay. <laughs> Number two is NBC NFL Sunday Football. Okay? I mean, we're talking about the of the top ten, three of the slots are taken up by football. Sunday night, Thursday night, Thursday night. Of the top 15, four of the slots are taken up by football. I mean, look, you go through the rest of the top 50, and there's about 10 more appearances that NFL football makes on the top 
50 television shows viewed last year. Well, and that's all of the different NFL. Like This isn't game by game, but if you take the CBS Sunday game and yep. the Fox Sunday game yep. and then the Sunday night game, and then there's the Thursday night, and then there's the other network with Thursday night, and then there's the Monday night. Yeah. That's all the NFL products we have, and they're all they're scattered like the throughout twenty five. You know, you're, you're, they, you know how the Super Bowl. It's like seventy million people tuned in for the Super Bowl. Well, check this out. Number two on the top fifty uh, television products viewed during the fall last year, and eighteen million people were checking out Sunday Night Football every week. Eighteen million people. Well, it sounds like everyone is just very mad. I mean, I just I. However. Not so mad that, you know, they don't want to turn the game on. Look, I, I again, when you have two sides of an argument, when you have two sides of an argument, people are going to pick sides. But the same way politically in this country, uh, people were very vehement about their choices in the upcoming election. In fact, there were a lot of people who say, if so-and-so gets elected, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. We're all still here. <laughs> so check it out. Canada, Canada's... Canada's still waiting. It's waiting for all those people. This is the same thing. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. saying, if these players continue to kneel, I'm not watching. Yes, you are. Sure you are. Yes, you are. There's that one dude who burned a Steeler jersey on the Twitter. It's like the NFL is making policy change to placate him. <laughs> However, there's like a bajillion of us out here being like, so when's the game start? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you anyway. what, for as many people who bought that Kaepernick jersey to wear it as to burn it, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the NFL is oh. still making money hand over fist. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, take it or leave it is next. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. On the stretch, they come at the PGA Championship. Kepka by one over Adam Scott. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Gary Woodland are all at nine under. Tiger in a group at eight under. The way it's looking right now, it'll still shake out a little bit, but it's looking like Tiger might be in, let's say, the third to last group tomorrow and start the day three back. Uh, but uh, Kepka's still got a couple holes to play. Uh, Ricky Fowler coming up 18 right now. He's at nine under. Would be really good if he could get to 10. Who knows? He could even share the lead. Ooh, and he just stuck his approach. Uh, so uh, he's going to have a look at it. Really good stuff. Keep you up to date on that. Uh, much more to discuss coming up on the show, but everything, everything gets pushed aside uh, at uh, 420 Pacific, 720 in the East on Saturdays as we gather up all of our coworkers in a room and start to poke holes in all of their theories. Yes. We call it Take It or Leave It. You know we've got the hottest takes in the business, right? I am the greatest effing clown you've ever seen. Wait, what? But how will they stand up to Mark and Rich? It's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. It's time for Take It or Leave It. That's the deal. Take it or leave it. Did you guys catch the Giants game the other day with Saquon Barkley? Oh, when you said Giants game, I was like, what, no, did, no, no. what did Buster Posey do? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you mean the Browns game? <laughs> um, it is still too early to talk baseball, in my opinion. No, no, no. It's, no, it's too late to talk baseball, Gavin. Baseball's over until next year. I don't know if well, you know that. It's definitely over for the Angels. Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley was phenomenal in his short uh, stint uh, in the preseason game the other day. But even before Sam Darnold was equally as impressive last night, Rob Parker was on with the herd, with Colin <laughs> Cowherd, talking about why the big blue wrecking crew is going to regret drafting a running back over a franchise quarterback in 2018. I think the Giants will rue the day 
that they blew it as far as picking a franchise quarterback, Colin, for the next 10, 12, 15 years. I have no idea. When you have a season like that, which was like the Giants' all-time worse, and you have a chance to pick a quarterback for the future, and you can't live in the past. The Eli Manning thing, I get it. He won two Super Bowls. You gave him the parades, all the other stuff. But it's over. To pick a running back in this league, which is a quarterback league, this is living in the past. I mean, this is this is going to come back to bite him. Okay, I think I, I what I did right there is I found the take that I really believe you guys will agree with. This has been hard, but <laughs> finding a Rob Parker take that I think you guys will be on board wow. with is it, hard to do. It's so. never happened before, so let's find out in a moment if it will happen. Who do, who do you want to go first? Uh, we'll start with the guy who played in the NFL, okay. Rich Ornberger. Yeah, you know, I, I am... Um, I'm leaving it, Gavin, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Colin, <laughs> look, you know, this guy is the goat, you know, the best greatest <laughs> of all time. No, look, here's my deal. Uh, Eli Manning is not past his prime. Eli Manning can still be the quarterback of the future. Quarterbacks are being protected better than they've ever been at any point in the history of football. Tom Brady was 40 years old last year. He was the NFL MVP. That guy played his or one of his best seasons as a 40-year-old man, and he's doing it again at 41. Drew Brees is in his 40s. I, I mean, he. this is a 36-year-old Eli Manning you're talking about. He's had a pitiful offensive line for two years. On, before the offensive line fell apart, he was a pro bowler in 2015. I just don't look at Eli Manning and say that's the Giants' biggest problem. Injuries and poor offensive line play from an offensive standpoint has been a real issue for them, and finding a marquee running back in this year's draft potentially too high at second overall because the the NFL is littered with with good, talented running backs. Okay, you can make that argument, but to, to say that this is a mistake, I, I, I can't say that yet. No. Okay, I'm having a hard time breathing here. What happened to you? <laughs> what what's wrong? I'm about to take a Rob oh! Parker take. Oh, I'm about to take well, it. Well, it's about time, Mark <laughs> Willard. I've been here for I don't know how long. He's the basote, the best sooner of all time. This is uh, this is the the gaboat of takes uh, for uh, for for Rob Parker, the great the greatest take of all time as far as he's concerned. He finally. He finally got one right, uh, and he is right. And I want to remind everybody what college Rich went to, uh, Penn State. Oh, boy. The same place Saquon Barkley <laughs> went to. This isn't anything against Saquon. What this is about is opportunity. You don't have an opportunity to take someone who can play like Sam Darnold in the second round. You do have an opportunity to take a running back who can be a star in round two, here's my evidence. Two of them got picked in round three just last year. Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, they won fantasy leagues all over the country last year. And they were picked in round three. And there are going to be others, a bunch of them this year. It was the richest running back draft in history, according to some talent evaluators. Therefore, why not do the Ginger and Marianne thing? Both. Get a running back and a quarterback. Eli Manning maybe can play for another year or two. I don't know. 
But this is about opportunity and value, and Darnold's value is way bigger than Saquon Barkley's in the NFL. Fight on. Totally agree. Yeah. We've had 14 preseason games so far. (laughs) 14 games have already happened in the NFL, so why not stay with the one we just talked about? Uh, In that Browns-Giants game, we saw Baker Mayfield make his debut. Let me read you his stats really quick. 11 of 20, 212 yards, and two touchdowns. Twitter went insane over this. Colin Cowherd, not so much. Hmm. What would Baker Mayfield was a while last night? I've never said he's not an NFL quarterback. I've never said he's a bust. Where's the wow? Okay, 11 for 20. Congratulations. My standard for the number one pick in the NFL draft is, hey, Colin, against guys who will work at supermarkets next week, he made a really nice throw in the back of the end zone. Folks, my problem isn't Baker Mayfield playing in the NFL. My problem is the Cleveland Browns passed on Sam Darnold and Bradley Chubb, the two best players in the league, an offensive star, a defensive star, and drafted Baker Mayfield in a tiny corner, talented but tiny at Ohio State. Hold your team to higher standards. Okay, Mark, we'll start with you. Do we need to hold Baker Mayfield to a higher standard? No, and Colin uh, just stepped on himself earlier today on Twitter. He is the guy who I was talking about off the top of the show, it's confirmation bias month in the NFL. Here's what Colin tweeted nine hours ago on top of an article from Manish Mehta, who was on our show today. Yep. Manish wrote an article after the Jets game last night and wrote, Sam Darnold sure looks like the savior. Colin retweeted it and wrote on top of that, not fake news. Oh, so Darnold's a savior. Because he went out against grocery store employees and looked good. But Baker Mayfield is simply going out against grocery store employees and therefore doesn't get any credit. I'm sorry. You can't have it both ways. I do put stock into the preseason. Mayfield and Darnold are both off to wonderful starts. And the only way to say that is Mayfield and Darnold are both off to great starts. You can't give one of them great start and dismiss the other. Yeah, you know, I'm leaving this take as well. I, I think what's missing here is nuance. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He didn't complete as many passes as Darnold did, and they had close to the same uh, amount of uh, of attempts. However, if I'm going to look at Baker's performance in a vacuum like he was when he gave this take, that guy looks like a first overall pick to me. I, I, I mean, when you see a guy navigating – a pocket and making offensive linemen who aren't doing a great job blocking look good most of the time. That shows presence. He had his eyes locked downfield. That shows that confidence. Uh, he he threw a timing round on a slant for a touchdown. That shows ability. He threw in between two defenders and over the head of another one who was in the end zone on that Injoku uh, touchdown reception. Yes. That shows touch. To me, that shows that he's a first overall pick through one preseason game. I've seen enough to say, or I should say, seen enough football to say that was a great outing for a rookie quarterback. We'll see if he builds upon it. But to condemn him for one outing is kind of ridiculous. Okay, guys, one more thing for uh, Take It or Leave It today. We talked about the National Anthem protest uh, issue going on in the NFL. It's been going on for about three years now. Uh Still no signs of um, 
stopping. Okay, this is an issue the NFL definitely wants to go away quietly. I think the players have a different uh, view on that. And Clay Travis tried to talk about how the NFL can move on from this, how they can uh, get rid of an issue that they don't want to look at anymore. And he said basically they should stop looking at it. They should stop putting the cameras on the players. NFL players and NFL owners and the NFL commissioner are now entering their third year of being unable to solve this issue. And Donald Trump is going to attack and exploit it. If I ran CBS, NBC, Fox, or ESPN, I would say to my media teams, we're not covering the protest anymore. I think if CBS, NBC, Fox, and ESPN all stopped covering protesters and stopped covering players who protest, they'd stop doing it. Rich, we'll go back to you on this one. Do you think that's the the right way to handle this? Well, I'm leaving the take because I disagree that it's going to stop the protest. I disagree that it's going to stop the outrage over the protest. None of that, I believe, is true because if it's still happening and people are still interested in clicking on articles that cover the protest, then it's still going to be reported upon. Also, this idea that networks are going to shy away from using the protest as potentiality, a a ratings goose, is ridiculous as well. I I mean, people are, their eyes are drawn to controversial things. This has created controversy, so there's going to be more of this, not less. Get ready for the protest count. Uh, to, uh, oh, the, the little stat caster across the bottom <laughs> of the screen. It'll start scrolling names at kickoff because that's how I, – I guarantee that's where this had. I, I, man, I'm going to join a uh, protest fantasy league, <laughs> right and uh, I'm going to grab Kaepernick in the late round, see yeah, if he gets it, signed. Uh, is he going to be kneeling yeah. or sitting? Is he on your bench, <laughs> or is he standing at attention Look, on the sideline? I, I'm going to leave this take for, yeah. for two specific reasons. A, again, the media only reflects back to society what it is that society wants to know about and so that's all that's happening here I continue to state that the NFL doesn't have a problem the problem is is that it's making it a problem Uh, you have no data that suggests anybody's going away because of these demonstrations but finally uh, this take is privileged this take is very very privileged in order to say uh, that what's going on here on the sidelines of NFL games is actually about NFL games it's about real life it's about horrible injustices that are happening in society So to say that they should not be shown and therefore should not be publicized for the sake of the protest is a very privileged thing to say. Uh, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, thrilled that you are with us um, and uh, thrilled that David Gascon is with us as well. Um, And uh, just so you know, Dave, just so you know, I don't want you to be offended, but I am sitting down during your update. So... Are you um, usually not? No, no, no. I sit through the whole radio show. Davey, da- you better deliver on this one because your last update was the quote. <laughs> it was the greatest <laughs> update of all time. I want you to be aware of that. Yeah, you got a tough act to follow, which is yourself. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn good, Rich. Yeah, man. <laughs> it is, it is. It is. People do not know. People do not know the impressionist that Rich Ornberger is. Um, maybe next week we should do a block where you could go Rob Parker, sure. Joe Paterno. Yeah, he's uh, in there somewhere. Steve Hartman. Um <laughs> And then uh, I'm trying to think of who some of your other 
Oh, there, there's, Who are some yeah. of your what other do, hits? What do you got, a Christopher oh, Walken he's in got there? A, he's got a Belichick. He's got okay. a Belichick, but the problem with the Belichick is the you are doing an impression of the Belichick that none of us ever get to yeah, see. Yeah, that's true. That's be, I do, the, well, the, I do you both. do locker room Belichick. I do locker room, but I'll, I'll give you Belichick podium. after dark. I'll give you right. <laughs> <laughs> This is the big would, brother you, I, you've been waiting to see. I would to totally see. join that club. <laughs> Belichick after dark. That's amazing. Gross. Did you do a Chris Farley? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You'd be like the uh, the fat guy in the little coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really good. Oh, Richard, <laughs> oh, what's happening? What's oh. Happening. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Good luck on that update, Gascon. Yeah, Gascon. Okay, take it away. What happened to the Blue Jays Rays game today? That one's still going. Oh, let's okay. talk about uh, PGA Championship action right now, third round. This is to get Kepka to 10 under par, a little bit off the right hand side. He strokes it on its way and it finds its destination. Bruce Kepka, U.S. Open champion, 10 under par. It's probably good that Mark's sitting down right now, right? Oh, that was amazing. Right? What? You know my rule, which is that all sports broadcasting that is done with some sort of European accent is better than other forms of. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Swing on there, it goes deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. A Stantonian home run. Over the auxiliary scoreboard into the grandstand. Giancarlo. <laughs> they wouldn't that wouldn't that hey, Homer still left. Well, the that's Yankees European broadcasting. Yeah, I, wouldn't that <laughs> sound better if it was like uh, a Stantonian blast? And uh, let's see, no see, post Apollo. He's gonna need like a martini in one hand and probably like a, a cigarette with one of those like extensions <laughs> on it. <laughs> what, what makes you think he doesn't have that? Uh, that's true. Well, I, I think he's got probably like Jack Daniels underneath the uh, the countertop. <laughs> Haven't <laughs> you ever seen Major League? That's I, how it works. A yeah, play by play booth. But doesn't he have Jack Daniels on top? Yeah, exactly. It's Bob Uecker. Take it over, Monty. Yeah, I'm in the bag. Plastic cup, the whole smash. Too high. What does that mean, too high? Wait, wait, wait. Ball eight. Ball 12. Uh, Man. Oh, All right, God. so let me go back. Brooks Kepka is your leader right now, PJ oh, Championship. It, are we still doing radio? We okay. are. It's, he's through 17. He's your leader at 12 under par. Tiger Woods, he's four strokes behind. He's done for the day. In Major League Baseball, that highlight was with the Yankees and Stanton. He had a solo home run the first. They actually ended up winning their game today, 5-3 to three over the Rangers. Red Sox blanked the Orioles, 5-0. Nationals, 9-4 winners over the Cubbies. And that uh, that highly praised Rays-Blue Jays game is now final. Tampa Bay won it in Toronto, 3-1. to one. Uh, Guys, a couple of other notes in the NFL. Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown returned to practice today after he missed about a week's worth of action due to a quad injury. <laughs> he saw Juju run down the sideline. He's like, I'm going to get back to practice yeah, now. Okay, this isn't like Mason okay. Rudolph and Roethlisberger. <laughs> 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 I'm talking about practice. And one note in college athletics, University of Maryland has placed head football coach DJ Durkin, the head coach, and obviously three players or three members of his staff on administrative leave due to an external in- investigation that is underway after allegations were made of a toxic environment that led to the death of 19-year-old Jordan McNair earlier this season. He's 325 pounds mm. and died of heat exhaustion. So, uh, obviously, that is underway. So, we'll see if he ever returns. All right. Thank you uh, very much, David Gascon. We are live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It is easy 
to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Looks like Kepka is tapping in on the 18th hole to finish at 12 under par. 12 under par will be the pace setter for the PGA Championship going into Sunday. Uh, so he'll be at 12. Tiger is four back. Uh, let's see. What did Ricky Fowler end up shooting today? He birdied one down the stretch, so I think he finished at nine. Um, this is the way that it's shaken out yep. right now. He's, he's done at nine. Well, yeah, Kepka's at 12. Adam Scott is at 10. John Rahm is at nine. Ricky Fowler is also at nine. Woodland is still on the course with Kepka. Tiger's at eight. And so are Stuart Sink, Jason Day, Justin Thomas, Shane Lowry, and Charles Schwartzel. Remember, use the Schwartzel. So, oh, yeah. um, anyway, uh, really good-looking day coming up tomorrow there at the PGA Championship. I loved your baseball take. You know, there, there real quick while we are talking uh, baseball there, I was thinking about this. So, 10 years ago, the Red Sox and the Cubs right now have the best record in each of their respective leagues. Yeah, oh, yeah. 10 years ago, maybe 15, if the Red Sox had played the Cubs in the World Series, the world would have stopped. Oh, yeah. Like, football would have been pushed aside for a week. It would have been riding sidecar to whatever happened through those seven games or however many it went to. It would still be good, but what if it does happen this year? It will not be as good. lovable losers there's something to be said about it people can get behind the underdog story and when you have two underdogs make it all the way that's attraction i i don't i wouldn't say like if it was astros uh you know i don't even think they can do it the leagues are but but i mean like you, you can't have two two completely anonymous markets but big markets like you just outlined like a, a Boston and a Chicago to have underdogs like that 15 years ago and never won it before hadn't in a hundred years or so. Yeah, that works. That absolutely works. But, but the lovable loser tagline, it's gone. It's gone. It's, gone. it's, look, it's, it's, it's not coming back. Baseball's done itself a huge disservice because look at us. We spent four hours on the radio and how many times did we mention baseball? Yeah, we just did, and the the alarm here in the room is going off. It's the boss alarm. They're like, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. What are you guys talking about? You realize that there's football games tonight, right? Uh, okay, more on that coming up. Plus, what we taught the guys still ahead on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says it's 15 minutes to save you 15% or more on car insurance? Well... It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We'll find out what we taught the guys here in just a little bit. I actually want to read what you wrote in an email to me about baseball today because I found this really amusing. (laughs) This is so great. This is actually script from an email from Rich Ornberger at 11.15 a.m. Pacific time today. Baseball. This is why we've been encouraging you to make your regular season interesting. Notice something? Yeah, we're done with you. (laughs) Sorry, we have absolutely meaningless NFL games to watch. Oh, what's that? You're upset that players are taking BP and T-shirts? Okay, got it. See you in October, maybe. (laughs) 
It's really a great point. It's a great point. The NBA and the NFL have just in a stealth sort of way, they've attacked every other week of the summer. Yes. And baseball simply allowed them to come to the party, take over, become the center stage personality, and do nothing about it. We've got Joe Simpson, meantime, in Atlanta, former player, now broadcaster, who's had to apologize twice in a span of 10 days for freaking out about Dodgers in T-shirts during batting practice and the greatest young player in the game, 19 years of age, but probably not actually 19 years of age because he went by an antiquated rule, which is if you're Hispanic, you lie about your age in baseball. I mean, this is, this is what we're talking about in baseball. We're not talking about anything else. And, and you're right. What's it, I was at, I was at a, a sports fan family gathering last night. Yep. And there were dudes who literally wanted to put everything on hold. Hey, hold your conversation. Oh, but the kids are getting in the pool. Yeah, let them get in the pool. We'll join them later. Uh, some of them don't swim. Great. Is there somebody else who could watch them? Because I need to get to a TV to see what Sam Darnold looks like. Yep. Yep. Buddy, I, you know, it's it's incredible. And I'm sure there were important baseball games going on at that time. But nobody cares. The regular season drags on too long. There isn't enough uh, pub for your star players. Just go to Twitter and check out Bryce Harper or Mike Trout, some of the biggest stars in baseball right now. Uh, check out Kershaw's Twitter handle. See how many followers they have, and then go and search Tom Brady, Go search Odell Beckham Jr. I'm doing this right now. Go search. By the way, Clay, Clayton Kershaw has 373,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait till you go. T- yeah, <laughs> go, okay, let's go. Type Odell. in Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham yeah. so has, 300. oh, 3.69 million. Yeah, that's right. Oh, 3.69 so, so million. So he's beat him by 10 times uh, as many followers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so go to LeBron James's or Twitter. Uh, go to Kevin Durant's. I mean, on social media. I mean, these guys don't even resonate, and that's the touchstones to the youth of America. Now, this totally ruins your theory. Tom Brady, blue check mark on Twitter, only a hundred eight thousand. Oh, but look when he joined. Uh, well, no, that it's actually a different Tom Brady. Oh, it's, a, it's, a- <laughs> it's a different. <laughs> Tom a, Brady could do that. It's a different. It's a guy who calls himself the Silver Fox, and he lives in England. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, boy. he probably has a hundred eight thousand followers, and a hundred four thousand of them are people who are accidentally following him because his <laughs> name is Tom Brady. They're like, this is weird. Why does Tom Brady always talk about <laughs> like, like Dorchester, <laughs> not Massachusetts Dorchester, yeah. like? England. Yeah. Now, look, here's the problem. Uh, we're we're all caught up in preseason NFL, so baseball hops on the back burner. And then, like you said, or like I said in the email, maybe in October we'll get back to it, but maybe not. Probably not. Like N- NBA <laughs> like has even the, done the, a better job of infiltrating the NFL regular season than baseball has, and baseball plays the entire regular right. season. Like a- a- NBA has claimed Christmas Day. They yes, said we're taking Christmas Day. It doesn't matter where it lands on the well, calendar. Well, in fact, not only do they take Christmas Day, the only thing the NBA will attempt to do in August, and they did it strategically right before full bore preseason football started. 
Because I really think once football starts, the NBA is just like, yeah, white flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do you. You guys get started. You we'll, get rolling. We'll yeah. see you in winter. When, when your season starts, how about we'll, we'll take Tuesday. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, like, we'll yeah. have a lot of Tuesday night games. <laughs> yeah. But they did do one thing this week. They told you who was playing on Christmas Day. Yep. They didn't only own Christmas. They own a day in August to tell you who's going to own Christmas. Yeah, they go, Yoo-hoo, uh, there's going to be some fun way down the line. But we're just we're just still here. We're yeah. still now baseball just doesn't do this. No. They don't ever find inroads while other sports are playing and it's it, they they are going the way of the Game Boy. Like don't get left in a lurch be, and, and and yeah, and by the way, we do we do have to get to Gavin right now because uh just breaking through. Yeah. Uh we have a very important poll that we need an update on. That's right. Now guys, early in the day you two made preposterous claims. Oh, that's right. I yes. forgot about our preposterous. Mark, uh, prepos- Mark, said, <laughs> Mark said that Brian knows Miami Dolphins would win the AFC East. I'm just trying to get Brian to like me again. That's all <laughs> and Rich Ornberg is trying to make somebody like him in Cleveland because he said the Browns <laughs> are going to make the playoffs. Cleveland! Now, we went to Twitter where everything is factual and polls are always correct. Polls are never wrong. That's we know right. That. That's Pulse right. of the nation. <laughs> the listeners are decidedly split on your guys' insanity. Wow. Uh, 47% uh, say that the Dolphins winning the AFC East is the crazier claim. Yes! 53% yeah. say I that the Browns it. making the playoffs is That crazy. was a good poll. That was close. <laughs> that was, that was really close. We might have to wait on Ohio for that poll anyway. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. right. No, yeah, what pre- other swing states are yeah. uh, Florida. We might have a hanging chat out there. 20, <laughs> yeah, we got about 28% of the precincts reporting, but uh, I've got a six-point uh, lead. <laughs> And uh, I'll take it. I'm I'll tell you what, I don't trust the polls anymore. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, right, we're going to have to do a recount and come back to this next week. <laughs> All right, look for it. Until then, though, let's find out what we taught you guys today. Uh, it was four hours of brilliance as always. Now let's find out what the number one takeaways were from all of our guys. Well, guys, Nick on the board here. You know, Rich, <laughs> I, I tried to... I wasn't sure. <laughs> why, why was that funny? Anyway, uh, Rich, I try to attack you any week I can, but, I mean, I want to get after you that Eli still has game left, but, okay, I don't travel that much, but I've been to Nashville, you and have. you don't want to go to Nashville? Come on, I've been to the, the uh, oh, what was it called? The Bridgestone Arena. No, 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 Nashville. Nashville People do like that. No, no, no. People love Nashville. Nashville, I've never beautiful place. I said, and I, you know, to allow the record to reflect that <laughs> if you're going to Nashville, you should not fly. You should drive in on a pickup truck with a dog in the back. And you got to rent the dog. You got to rent your own dog. Rent the dog and the dirt. You have to rent the rent dirt. The I rest dirt. my case. Yeah. Yes. I learned that Rich is an impressionist, and we're going. I'm looking forward to finding out more about that next week. Maybe an Arnold Schwarzenegger will come out. I, I'm t- well, no, but everybody does an Arnold. The beauty of Rich. Is he does people that other people don't do. There's Belichick after dark. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's what are you now- guys trying to do here? Like, what am I, a clown? Like, what no, do pre- I amuse you? Am I something like here for your amusement? Pretty, pretty much. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.